0: Welcome back for episode 13 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 14th, 2016. This is your host, Blue Crew 86, along with our co host, Justin Sane0516.
1: We're not worthy.
0: And Steeman Willie Beeman. We are definitely not worthy. We also have with us tonight a well known and respected member of the Destiny community who many of you will know from his numerous YouTube submissions, as well as being a co host on the Guardian Radio podcast and a fellow lore fanatic. My name is Bife.
2: You are all worthy, <laughs> more than worthy. No. Seriously, uh, well, never, it, it never utter those words again. You are all worthy. You, topic. You, don't, you don't have to consider the idea of worth. We are, we are all sitting here as equal law nerds. And frankly, I'm delighted <laughs> to be in good company. So yeah, let's, let's, let's enjoy this, this amazing moment where four nerds can get into a chat together and just be nerds for once. Because we do not get to do this enough. That Seriously. is, this that this is, is true. very true. That is true.
0: <laughs> so our, our topic for this episode of this chat is going to be an examination of the Amakara and the worms. Before we get into that, however, I just want to run through some quick notes. Our last chat was a brief summary of the Hunter class of Guardians. If you missed that and have any, inter- any interest in hearing our thoughts on it, please be sure to check out our Podbean site at focusedfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all previous chats. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning for the new chat. Every Wednesday, generally, around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for anyone who is unable to participate. The topic for next week's chat has already been decided and is going to be over the War Minds. So, with all that out of the way, let's look at what we know about the subject of this chat, the Amakar and the Worms. I'm going to hand
3: that off to Justin and Willie to start right. that. Um, well, I have my favorite website up, of course, ishtarcollective.net. Um, I do have their basic summary of the Amakar, if you want me to go with that. Yeah, let's, let's kick that off. All right, A species first encountered by humans on Venus said to resemble dragons. They were exterminated by the Order of the Tower. The Amkar appeared for a time after the Traveler terraformed Venus. They are described as the dragons that made promises, and many guardians made deals with them for knowledge and power. The Tower came to the decision that the price of these deals was too high and ordered the Ahamkar to be made extinct in what came to be known as the Great Ahamkar Hunt. Evidence suggests that it was primarily the warlocks that were responsible for wiping them out, although some non warlocks certainly contributed. Following their extinction, the Ahamkar continued to be of interest to guardians, although upon the study of Ahamkar lore is frowned upon by many. So. There you have it. They made deals with us. They made deals with the people of Harmy, which we'll get into later. Um, but these the Ahamkar—they made us. They gave us wishes that we needed. Obviously, you know, they they granted us knowledge and power that we did not have that we needed. But for whatever reason, we don't know what this price is, which I'm sure we're gonna try to dig into later.
0: I'm sure we won't ever speculate on that.
2: Yeah, we're going to speculate on that forever, dude. (laughs) Um... But May I say, had... by the way, so sorry to interrupt, I had no idea that this site existed and it's officially <laughs> oh, the no. thing in the world. You... Dude, what? I love oh, it. I, okay, Andrew, you, will think oh. me, you will think that I'm a Stone Age person here, but I've been collecting these references by hand. i had been, like, gathering you them. You poor the... soul. I scrolled and... through oh, Insane dude, 14. Bye. When I looked up lore on him, I scrolled through the entire database through every single class so I could find every single item that referenced him. And there's a site here where it's stuff like, "Hey, we did that for you," and I'm just sitting here feeling here's, like I'm an idiot.
0: So here's here's a fun fact. So you know how awesome that site is. Guess how many people run that site? How many? One. What? I think yeah. I, I think we were chatting. We we're chatting with him on. He's on. He's on the Destiny lore Reddit. They're they're featured a couple of weeks back. Just as a side <laughs> note, he actually was making a comment. He's like, "Yeah, I got two more people to help me, so I have a team of three." <laughs> Every, everyone on their Reddit post was like, what? Like, I'm what? Sorry. I mean,
3: dude, he's so awesome. This is my go-to site, ishtar-collective.net. Like, it, it's just so... I love the f- fact that he pretty much tries to stick with the facts. And he has everything, even stuff that's been deleted <clears throat> um, from the database since is in here. And he'll tell you, hey, it's deleted, but uh, just so you know, this is what it says. Yeah. So, so, look-
1: so, so, so hey, Bife's legend it. just grew tenfold. Oh, yeah. How he did what he's done. He's so going to become even more efficient.
2: Dude, I don't even oh, my understand. God, yeah. <laughs> I, now I, I don't understand how I can live without this now. Seriously. You guys have Seriously, just changed dude. my life.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Bife <laughs> is so now cool. unstoppable as far as the Lord. So, goes. What,
0: what I just heard was Bife's uh, YouTube production is going to double.
2: exciting exciting stuff coming up so this is gonna you heard it here first (laughs) you know what's really silly i've been going back and forth constantly trying to cross-reference facts and stuff and be like oh i need to just gather all the grimoire cards for the elixir on this latest episode it's right there it's and and
1: then (laughs) also
2: underneath all the cards if you scroll down there's all the items items too which is my favorite part because that's like no like, the little flavor text is so Dark Souls-ish in terms of, like, the way the lore works, right? Like, you're always looking at these little things, and it's like, oh, this has a little kind of, uh, you know, little kind of subtext where it talks about how, okay, Wei Ning is basically a badass woman. You know, she definitely was one of the best titans in the world. And you'd never find that if you didn't just look at this random blue piece of armor. It, it, like, this is this is... Wow I can't even
0: <laughs> oh yeah no. it's even it's it, what's even nice about it and pins just brought this up too it actually works really well on mobile devices, so when you're on the run like most of us are, and we're chatting on our phones and we and can cross reference it, it. yeah yeah you can cross reference it, and it actually is very easy most some sites usually doesn't it does they don't correlate very well on mobile, but yeah they
3: they've They've knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned with that site. Absolutely, man. Um, that's I'm always <laughs> using my phone to look at the lore, so I could tell I have, you that it's just so spot on and amazing.
2: I must and I can't believe Bife has never
3: heard of it. Because <laughs> I've, I've totally
2: just sidetracked We're, this entire podcast. Yeah.
0: No, no, Bife is, so is now, is now like just going to be silent because he's now looking at Ishtar. <laughs>
3: Yeah, but you me can do whatever the hell heads, you <laughs> want. Oh my god! So I just, I no, think it's awesome.
1: It. We just showed Bif something that's freaking amazing. I have it I haven't noted it down. Is.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it over him
2: maybe for Ooh. a week or so. Well, you yes. know, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna accept. Like you guys again. Like I said, you come to a place where I am as much a learner as anyone else. You know, like there are, there are points where you sit down and you just read a random grimoire card, and then. You think to yourself, it's something I've never read before, but it illuminates something entirely different. This is that same feeling on steroids. So you can hold that over my head as much as you like. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's going to be calling you guys senpai from now on. Put it that way. Oh wow! I don't know about that. I wouldn't go that far, but I let's, let's, even... let's, swing back
0: around. And so that was the general <laughs> description of the Amakara. Um, <laughs> going to try to, try to focus this back. Um, because we can go on for ishtar collective for a long long time. But so interesting interesting fact. So what what I figured we'd do is we'd break it down. Usually what we do as most people know is we we break out what we know and then we kind of break into what we think. Um and so for the what we know part, I was I was kind of thinking of the approach of let's let's take, you know, we have the two subjects. We have Amakara and the worms. Let's take Amakara and let's look at what we know about the Amakara. I kind of broke it out in like physical description and then as far as interaction with the universe or with the mythos of destiny and then let's do the same thing with the worms if that's good for you guys Mm, yeah yeah okay so first off before we go into the the physical description i'd feel remiss not to point out and bife and i kind of were talking about the etymology of the name it's a really deep rabbit hole, and we probably shouldn't get too far into it, but it actually does have a bit of nod to Vedic mythology. And there's an interesting tie-in that, and Byfe actually made this point too, there's an interesting tie also to in the Vedic mythology to a Traveler figure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, we were talking in the chat today, I think, Pins. it was either Pins or Unisys, I can't remember who brought it up. But uh, Diogenes from Greek mythology, and the search, the, uh, search for the honest man with a lantern, is also a kind of a nod to the traveler. In a way, if you look at him, if you look at the traveler as a, a seeking for a utopian society, that's kind of a nod there as well. But it was just a really interesting. Someone, uh, I think it was Rocket Raccoon on Reddit, as an, um, and I'll and I'll kind of get into that later. Um, but he had a or Snoop Rocket uh, for Destiny lore. He had a really, really interesting point about the Vedic connection that we can kind of get into in the what do we think section. But I did want to point that out before we got too far into the physical description. That being said, physical description for the Amakara. We, we have a, actually a pretty good collection of grimoire fragments grimoire items and artifacts that kind of give us a a presentation of what we kind of should expect to see for an amakara and then also it you know as well we have the concept art that bungie had which obviously you know we put it on the banner for tonight's podcast um and, and yeah, and, and a lot, of, and a lot of people did make the note. It's concept art, so you know it could have changed drastically. We, you know, Bife and I were talking about that before we started the show. You know, the concept art with fantasy items and the tigers and all that. I mean, obviously that's been changed. So it, it's not it's not admissible to some. Uh, some people some people have issue no not issues, but they they hesitate to say yeah this is what an Amakara looks like. But it my my point is I would say it's important because it gives us an idea of where they started when they started thinking about the Amakara, right? And so it, if you look at it, it's definitely a Western worm dragon look. Um, but we can go and Justin, I think you're in, you're in the notes. Do you want to take the scales?
1: Yes. Yes. I would love to
0: take, or I guess you, right, yeah. do you want me to do um, the ghost fragment warlock
3: real quick?
1: Yeah. Before we do the scales, let's do the warlock. Yeah. Warlock I,
3: I think, think the, uh, warlock one is important. Uh, you I try and try yeah. to explain, but
1: no one ever understands. No one who's not a warlock, who hasn't spent a dozen years scouring the ruins for one string of symbols, one clean code, one black talon. Titans just made a humph noise <laughs> if they stayed awake. Hunters clean their nails with their knives and look at you like you've grown a third eye. But when you've spent your life searching through Arcana for ancient power... You have the urge to reach out and educate others, especially if you've had one too many. Nah, she's not my type at all. We played dice, cards, war games, you know, the usual stuff. I'd never tried the show off before. I don't know what came over me. I had a broken vertebrae in my pocket that I borrowed from yes, borrowed. I was going to put it back. What do you think you are, my conscience? It was a fossil. That means mineral replacement. A rock, basically. They can survive a few hours in my pocket. Do shut up. The Cryptarchs weren't, weren't going to miss it. Everyone knows the Ahamkara's were hunted to extinction. There's nothing to be afraid of anymore. Think of how mysterious the system is. I said how much life sprang up when the Traveler came. Like the Ahamkara. Do you know the legends? The dragon that made promises? and I pulled out the fossil with a flourish. She pulled out her knife and started to pick the dirt from her nails. That (laughs) set me off. You could never have brought down one of these, I said, ever. Not the greatest hunter, not the brawniest titan. Her eyes narrowed, she said. Oh, is that so? And I saw right then that she wasn't going to pass on this challenge. I've murdered a guardian, I thought. She's going to die. It's my fault. And I looked at the piece of spine in my hand and wondered, why did I say that? What moved me to such pride?
0: So a couple things. Well, and you know, there's a a lot to pull out of that card. Um, I have a couple things that we'll touch on later from that card, but for the physical description, we now know they call them dragons. Um, they obviously have talons, and this card actually connects to an artifact that was released in which we find out the, the conclusion of this challenge for that hunter. How about the Ahamkar scale? Yes, which is yep. the, one of the best artifacts in the game, in my opinion. Yeah.
3: Yep. <laughs> it is funny. It's hilarious. And It just simply has that quote, and the warlock thought I couldn't do it. Ha! It's hmm. like, booyah! Well, you know, it's the, one
2: of those little references that is so great because only people who've read this stuff will get it. And when they get it, it's like,
4: oh, my God, <laughs> it, happened. <yes>. you remembered!"
3: <laughs> the other. It's, it's like, honestly, like, you know, from the card, you'd think that the hunter couldn't do it. Well, know? because remember, it's,
1: also it's another, it's another yep. instance of a warlock underestimating a hunter to the warlock's peril. So, uh, you well, know, that and also realize that.
0: that this is this is after this is after a great hunt. Mm. Which yeah, so, nice. so 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 yeah. you know in in when you read when we read the great hunt card and I think I have it somewhere we'll get to it but when you read that card they um they, the, the ending of the card is like a huge red flag for most people reading the card. It's, you know, of this you can be assured, oh, reader mine. And it was like, every, everyone was just like, oh. I got it here. Oh, if you want to yeah, go, go with the blue. Pass.
3: Yeah, go for it, Willie. All right. It's the Ghost Fragment Legends 3 The Great Ahamkar Hunt. After great deliberation, it was determined that the Ahamkar be made extinct. It was not an easy decision. Power had been obtained from the bargains. And the city needed power. Knowledge had been gleaned. And the Ahamkar knew answers to questions no one had thought to ask. But the price was too high. And no edict or forbearance seemed to stop guardians from seeking them out. Driven by hope, or vengeance, or despair. The call had to be silenced. So the great hunt did its work. And thus the Ahamkar were made extinct. Their call silenced their sylphastic flatteries erased their great design if it ever existed broken of this you can be assured o oh reader mine and yeah that that last sentence o oh reader mine because we know that the ahamkar and the worms both speak like that which that's that's the the great debate here like what the hell is going on with this you know because the worm gods and the amkar obviously they have very similar personalities but it, to me personally it seems like i guess i shouldn't get into that yeah yet, we'll get into right? it
0: we're yeah. going to get into <laughs> that we <laughs> will <laughs> definitely get into that one <laughs> but um so so ba- so so there's there's that entire thing, which this kind of, to me, when we got a hold of this artifact, it was kind of another just big nod to, yeah, you, everyone that thought that, yeah, you're kind of right. And then we also have the scales of EO, scales of
3: I mean, I which can... is Ayo. a Titan artifact, mind you.
0: Yes, which also, up until we found this thing, it was interesting to note that there were only Hunter and Warlock items with regards to the Amakara and the Great yep. Hunt which a lot of people took to mean, you know, there are a few, we won't we won't point any fingers at anyone, who think that the Titans never did anything with the Amakara. And this kind of was like, okay, no, this, this actually does kind of point out um, that there is a relationship of some kind with them. Because up until now, like I said, there was only the two classes. And it... it and it's noteworthy here, you know, and, and Dragon, Dragon does bring this up, and I was going to actually make this nod too. Up until we get Ao, there has not actually been any named Amakaras. And so a, a number of people are actually saying, you know, well, that could be that could be significant saying that it's not actually an Amakara. Um, I'm kind of on the fence. I, I mean, I could see it going either way. Um, the, the quote is we stand upon our own unending deaths and which is another nod to, there is a difference in the, the statement phrasing of that as well from the other Amakara and well, some of the worms as well. Some, there's a bit of a different phrasing on that. So that's another, I guess, discussion that we're having as well, or what we had as well. A, uh, Absolutely, interesting. especially
3: you look at the bones of Ao too. You know, <laughs> it just says defy extinction, right? Yeah. Um, the, uh, but the,
2: in, the interesting it. thing about it, dude, is prior to the bones of Ao being called the bones of Ao, they were in like this is way before when people data mined the game, and you know, first ever at Exotics were coming out. They were in the database under the name the unremarkable bones, and the description was something more along the lines of. Why do the warlocks cling to these old bones? Surely they must have some purpose, or bearer mine. So you know it. Uh, okay. It is, it's really interesting to see why the evolution took place, and it does put that idea of yeah, they're trying to build some significant named ahamkara in here, if it is an ahamkara at all. Well, and the other <clears throat> the other note that we
0: were I was going to make is, um, and I think it was Unisys and I that were talking about this in the chat. The next item that we're going to talk about is the confirmation that you know Amakara have bones. Um, so that's another nod to there they are a vertebrate creature. But there's a item called the skull of the dire Amakara. Now a lot of people kind of are like, well, they don't really think anything of it. But we, we were chatting about it, and I'm I'm a big D D player. So as soon as I read this, I was like, "Oh, it's a dire, it's a dire animal." Okay, moving on. And like someone, and I can't remember who, I think it was Unisys, so It was like, "Well, what is, what is a dire?" And we got they kind of got into conversation about that. And, and then I got in there, I was like, "Well, it's like a dire wolf. It's just you know a primordial, more intelligent, vit, more vicious version of an amakara." And that could be a, a bragging right of, "Hey, I killed an, a dire amakara," instead of you know you guys are all taking care of the amakaras. This is a dire amakara, and that's kind of how I read it. And so, I don't know if either of any of you guys have an idea or thought on that interpretation of it.
3: well, the thing about the skull of the diorama that strikes me is just the look of it, you yeah, know, with all the horns and the the skull like it it just I think this is the best way to get a look at how they looked um and then, of course, gotta note the fact that it says. Reality is the finest flesh, O bearer mine, and are you not hungry? Mm-hmm. So you know. Once again, we have the O bearer mine, O reader mine, all that going on with the with the talk. But um,
1: and also that's a direct a direct quote, quote out it, of the books of Sorrow.
3: Exactly, it, which is it it's
1: is. part of
2: those reasons why I'm like, surely it must be because I mean I, it's, mean, I think it's. Zivor Arath, who's being spoken to by Yolo Aya? I'm not Thank sure which right. one, but...
3: Yeah. I, either I'm i just going to go yeah. out with it. You know, my favorite theory is the fact that the Ahamkar are worms that were touched by the light. Like, that's...
0: You're just you're going right for the throat, aren't you?
3: Yeah, I'm going for the juggler here. Like, just just the way that they're so similar, but yet the only two races that we have that... Ahamkar made deals with are the bishops of the Harmony, who we know the Harmony were visited by the Traveler, and blessed by the Light, and guardians, who, once again, we know are blessed by the Traveler and, you know, blessed by the Light. So, that's my favorite, That's that's the one I'm going to hang on to for now, until we get... More confirmation from Bungie, which will hopefully be soon. Damn it, Bungie, come out with more Grimoire.
1: Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> interested to hear Bife's take on on the similarities and how you think that correlates.
2: For me, it's kind of the opposite. You know, the um, I, I'm going to go ahead and very quickly see if I can find something because I know it's in the description of my gear. The Warlock set for Kingsfall. It is something that basically. Um, it describes the Ahamkara in uh, detail, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's some pretty obvious quotes in there. So, you know, I'm the talking... helmet is... Yeah. Um, no, 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 uh, go yeah. go for it, go for it. Um, but yeah, in particular, you've got the uh, one item in, uh, that really stands out, at least for me, is um, coming from the gauntlets, which is the Grasp of Aya. And it says, At the beginning they stood in the thrall of the Formless One, and they offered themselves to the Depth. Like, combine that with all of the other stuff, you know, a clue of writhing things that was also that, you know, on that cusp between light and darkness. And you sort of get this idea of maybe it's the case that the Ahamkara that we see down there, especially seeing as there's only five of them that are actually majorly named and the rest are just some kind of parasitic worm. Maybe it's their offspring. Maybe it's not. That's all part of the discussion that I'm sure we're probably going to flesh out later. For me, I think that the Ahamkara would have existed completely separately. And they are a species that has constantly been traveling with the traveler as it goes across the stars. And for me, it's simply the case that these five, you know, Yul, Aya, Ur, Aka, and Zol just happened to find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. They discovered the power of the deep and became enthralled by the darkness. So my theory is kind of similar, but it runs... Inverse the other direction yeah Willie's it's inverse, but at the same time, you know that quote at the beginning, they stood in thrall of the formless one and they offered themselves to its depth that could at the same time mean that so, they all just started as zero and
3: by if I could so, totally see that too like, yeah, so
0: you're almost saying that the five sorry willie just real can I finish real quick yeah go for okay. it. you're so you're saying yeah <laughs> so you're saying the the ahamkara are not they are not. They are related to the worm gods in the sense that the worm gods are Alhamkara that took a worm on.
2: Uh, I'm I'm stating that they're the exact same species, and we just don't understand their biology. The phrase worm and dragon, you know, not only can you mix up the spelling and whatnot, but also we just don't know what they technically look like at the very beginning, so there's no reason that you couldn't use the words worm to also describe a dragon. But then also take into account the fact that these five may have lived for an incredibly long time because they have a direct connection to the darkness, you know, because until the Oryx kills Akka, basically, so that he can prove that he mastered the sword logic, there is no other individual in the universe of destiny that is known to have directly communed with the darkness at all. And that kind of power, it's the kind of thing where immediately you can think, these guys could have lived for an incredibly long time if that was their purpose. You know, at that point, I think it's very much the case of the darkness is saying, okay, so we have these individuals. They're capable of reaching out beyond what I can do. I'm going to exalt them and make them more powerful just so that I can finally find a host that is going to be able to lead a marching invasion of the sky worlds above. And, you know, for me, that is kind of the general idea. I always think that the Amkara are the exact same things as the worm gods. And unless there's some kind of outside stimulus, I think of them as very independent beings. They'll offer power if they need to, sometimes to guardians, sometimes they'll be sort of more revered in society. But I have a feeling that's maybe just, you know, my own interpretation. Point is, I see no difference between the two. I see that there's only been differences according to the paths that they took. One went with darkness and one went with one that's more oh. sort of based on independence. And again, like my, my spin foil is as good as anyone else's. Right. So what do I know? <laughs> right. And we know there, there's,
0: a, I mean, there's a significant amount of similarities between the two and we'll get kind of into that with the, the interactions part. because the, the other thing that the, the, uh, worms and the Amakara have in similarity is they both require the, I guess you would call them supplicants, um, or their victims, whatever you want to call it. Um, they both require them to seek them out, which we found in the five five lives of I think it's Albion. I want to say yeah, is Albios. the one Albio's, because um, there's there's the quote the he didn't find he didn't re- come I to him until this fourth life. or fourth or fifth life, and by then it was, it was too his late.
3: Fifth life, and it was too late.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and so it was. And then we also have you know obviously in the the books of sorrow we have the worm gods sending out. The bait, what, we, what I call the bait stars of the deep, um, the larvae, to the different uh, races of fundament to see who would come to them. So they, they both require the supplicant to seek them out. And I have my own long, convoluted theory about that, too. But finishing up real quick on the bones piece, the other fun fact is that you have the young Amakara's spine. love it sorry love it Um, but the the interesting thing about the young the young ahamkara spine is he pulled the there's there's two variations of it there's the unsealed version and then there's the sealed version and there's an interesting there's also an interesting tidbit about the way that the sealed version has been sealed and so the young Hamakara spine says, "Give me your arm, O bear let me help you fill the world with teeth, which you know that 's kind of nerve wracking but the sealed ahamkara grass says plating the ahamakara bones in silver helps to quiet the auditory hallucinations o bear fun fact when you start looking at so most i, I guess you know some people were like oh it 's silver it 's just because it 's pretty, whatever actually silver." is a really interesting metal Um, in a lot of, in a lot of mystic rituals, silver in, in like our world, not destiny world, silver is viewed as one of the pure metals. It's, it's actually called pure pureness element. And there's, there's actually a scientific reason for that. Silver actually has a bit of antimicrobial, uh, antimicrobial properties, which in medieval times, if you poured water into a silver pitcher, it took longer for that water to become it, it, it become unhealthy. And so people attributed that to a, a magical property. And so that kind of elevated it also into what people viewed on the same level as gold and platinum and stuff like that. Also, in supernatural elements, you always have silver as a ward to evil. Which, going back, why would you seal an Ahamkara's bones in silver it's to ward the evil out or to ward the sorry ward the evil from infecting you Um, a lot of a lot of mystic rituals required silver to be either a deterrent or even a means of killing evil forces you know the silver bullet from the old werewolf myths uh, in uh, vampires the mirrors you know one of the reasons vampires in the victorian period were said not to appear in mirrors was because victorian mirrors actually were silver backed they had a silver plate on the behind the glass that's actually what the reflection was generated off of so when they didn't appear in the mirror the reason was was because they were evil incarnate and silver is pure they can't show up on that spectrum and so it was just a really interesting to me, because that's how I think, it was an interesting thing that they chose to specifically call out that it's sealed with silver. And I'm just going to stop talking because people are probably getting bored with me.
1: Oh, that is my favorite <laughs> armor piece at the moment. Well, yeah, plus, the, yeah. Two smoke bombs? Are you kidding me? <laughs> is, it's amazing. Mm. No, and that was another, because
0: in-game it actually gives you... A pretty substantial benefit too. It seems like cutting off the the ability of the the bones actually increases the benefit of it.
3: Oh well, let's take a look at the, the uh, other armor pieces that
0: I do. The claws next? are
3: tagged with Aham- mm-hmm. Ahamkar as well, like the Voidfang vestments. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. says you will dream of teeth and nothing, nothing else. else. And that is scratched behind the buckle of those, you know. Um, and then, of course, there's the cryptic dragon, the scout rifle. It's legendary. It says, those who doubt the existence of dragons are always the first devoured. Love that quote. It's mm. so, oh, wow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, Barbaric
0: Ham actually just in the chat was asking, you know, hey, are they, so are they extinct or not? And I, I'm going to point to that quote. Yeah, sure. They're extinct. Just you Belinda. know, I would. I would. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Let's with what. what yeah. There's there was a guy, a really smart. Aka is. Yeah, there's a really really smart hunter that said, you know what, you should do every time you enter a room, look up. Let's just keep our eyes to the sky and make sure that they don't come down. Because
3: I wouldn't call him smart as much as a coward. But. Hey, you know what? You leave pancake Easy. out of this.
1: Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Take it down a notch.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying. Kabir didn't have to be legionless. He made him uh,
2: what one, moved him to such pride?
1: Yeah. I <laughs> love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one item I always forget because I think it was a vanilla weapon. It's called the cryptic dragon. Mm-hmm. I never had it. So no, I always that's the, the cryptic dragon. Uh, is what I literally yeah, just quoted. yeah.
0: I think exactly. he was on. I think he was on potato internet.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I think I missed you. (laughs) It's okay, I didn't miss anything like that. And then, of course, there's only
3: one more piece left, and that's the Claws of Ahamkara, which Mm -hmm. says, look at all this life, O bearer mine, there is so much left to burn. Which shows you, these things kind of don't really like life.
1: Does that actually tell you that they breathed fire, like a traditional dragon? A western dragon. Mm. Yeah.
0: Some, I mean, some Western dragons. I'm going yes to no. I'm gonna have to tap into the D&D lore on that one.
3: Well, I mean, I mean if, it if does want to burn it specifically. I, you know, I see where you're going with it, Justin. Um, <laughs> Even so, yeah. it's like if you go into d ds
2: dragons, it's very much the case that they're all corresponding with different elements. Right, I mean, right. you know, you've got silver dragons, for example, which, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they work with cold as mm, an yes. element you know and yep. then
0: blue yeah, is gold. electricity red is fire yeah. black is acid yeah you, i mean yeah it's a very elemental <clears throat> elemental
2: variation it makes me wonder given destiny does have this division between void solo and arc do you reckon we could find that
0: i don't don't get my hopes up because I, 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 I would it's... like die of happiness if we had elemental <laughs> dragons like, Ahamkara. you see a
2: dragon breathe void fire for the first time, and then you're just like, oh! I'm
0: just, so I'm crazy. not even, I'm not even gonna fight him. I'm gonna go try to be his friend. That's, that's gonna be, <laughs> yeah. that'll be my clip is me trying to ride. I'll be a
2: Ahankara rider of I the, know, of the, we're the we're tower. Not, if they dragon. do not have a dragon riding sequence at some point in Destiny, I'm gonna go over to Bungie <laughs> and slap Deech
1: Well, sorry, do you know, uh, stuff. weirder <laughs> things By is happen. a
2: bitch slap <laughs> in Yeah.
1: Uh, we dude, got I swords. You, which, if you told me we were going to get swords during vanilla, if you said, "Hey, we're going to get swords next year," I would. have well, dude, so I mean, here's here's the fun.
0: Here's the fun that fact: is that was in the concept art. Bife and I were just. That was another thing mm-hmm. we were talking. It was like swords are in. We actually have spears too in the cons. I mean, our band. The banner for tonight was the uh, the the war or what well, we think the warlocks with the giant sphere ghost things hunting down the. No Hamkara and yeah I like how dragon racing confirmed is now going in the chat that's actually a conversation we had on destiny lore was dragon racing it's like dragon, dragon. oh it would be so awesome it would be so fun you get halo awesome. gets halo gets gun gooses, we get dragon racing it's cool i'm i'm fine with that you can you can take your
3: Gungoose. I will have to play around <laughs> your Gungoose to exist. Dude, I would play a lot more Destiny if they had dragon races. Mm. Uh,
1: I've actually got a question for Bife. Uh for where do you stand on Eo? Do you feel he was an Ahamkara? If he was a he
2: or just... I think we don't have enough information to make it up. Honestly, like it wouldn't surprise me if they were, but you know the fact that they have bones indicating it. It doesn't necessarily say whether it was the possessions of someone called Ao or whether it's the bones that literally came from Ao himself or herself or themselves. So yeah. it kind of, it like at that point it's kind of like you sort of have to ask the question. You know, how far is a piece of string? How far can you drag a name before it becomes a song of praise? You know, like that's. Basically, <laughs> can you call something a Pian and call it a name and a song? And things like, you know what I mean. The point
0: is,
3: it's like we don't have the information, right? <laughs> Willie is so uh, proud yeah, of well, you I mean, right it now. I would say the bones of Ao. Right. So that and it is the only is one that breaks bones. the speech pattern. It's, that's
2: true, exactly. But
3: that's the question is, is Ao a worm or is Ao an Ahamkara? Because so far, it's only Ahamkara that we've made armor out of with their bones at the same time we've never had a named ahamkara so far correct which Mm -hmm. i think we had a huge uh top like we we spent a whole day on that and went nowhere in the chat oh but the names of the
0: worm gods are
3: so fun to delve into
0: i can totally i can totally talk about yuletide if we really want to
1: can it blew so, <laughs> time kind
2: of point I'm going to jump in and say it right now I literally I sat down and I said you know at some point to my sister you know I'm going to be on Focus Fire which is a law based podcast and she was like Does, do people watch that and it's like yeah people do but <laughs> like you know my sister not That's... playing video games at all and then I basically said you do but like if you watch it for the first time it's going to be amazing because you're going to be able to get into all this deep lore and for the other people it's like you know, you're essentially sitting down with a team of people that understands what I mean when I say, Ur, Ayazol, Yul, and then she says, Those are places in ancient mythology. And yes, they are. Like, what? Ah. I did not know this. Tell me, what? Tell, me, had, tell, me uh, tell
0: me, tell me more. Akka? Akka is like Mesopotamia. Mm. Ur, Ur was a giant capital. Oh, man, I don't have my notes in front of me. Justin's probably happy. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, manbag, our, uh, manbag in the chat is.
1: By if This is a really long conversation you've just sprung. Oh, Yule! Yule! <laughs> Yule alone is
0: just an awesome connection to Germanic tradition. Because mm-hmm. Yule tide. I mean, just think about Yule with add an e, and that's that's what the connection that I was able to see. And and I can I go into it?
1: No, go go, go down go. the road. Okay. Pull, son. Okay. Yes, sir.
0: So fun fun man bag is gonna kill me in the chat <laughs> so fun fact Ah, oh, hang on let me pull up the notes because this is like this just gets really fun so fun fact about yule is yule is also the honest worm in books of sorrow now the thing about the the, the note that you should make about that is the fact that he deals or it deals predominantly with the three krill or siblings sisters siblings and there is a significant part of the tradition of Yule in which, and I'm going off the top of my head because I don't have my notes in front of me, but there's a significant portion of the tradition of Yule Tide that inqu- that requires the king and the high priest to make a toast. And this toast is very significant, and it takes place after Yuletide has complete after Yule Tide has completed. And it's a t- it's a 3 to- it's a three-part toast. Well, you have three krill siblings. Each one of the siblings actually made a, a oath. They they each made a single oath, which gave them three oaths. There are three toasts, and each toast was actually pretty closely aligned with the three oaths that the Krill siblings made. The uh, first oath is... I, I don't have my notes in front of me. I can't, I can't remember all the detail off the top of my head. But the first one...
3: Well, each of the, the three f- sisters, when it came down yeah, to the I'm Worm to Gods, remember. it was they had to follow their nature. Right, right, which is another but, theory that I have that I will get into later. Yeah, but. that's Orash, you know. Well, I, I can read. I have the categories the Worm Gods in front of me. What were
0: the oaths that they made?
3: Um, yes. Um, uh,
1: vengeance. Right. Understanding. Uh, Orash vowed to understand the Syzygy. Um, um The zigzaggy? Yeah,
3: the zigzaggy. The zigzaggy. It's a zigzaggy. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) Sorry. So we we have got to get audio of by saying the word zigzag. Okay, found it. Found (laughs) it.
0: Okay. Okay, so the toast of Yule Yule, Y-U-L-E, was the first toast was to be drunk to Odin for victory and power to the king. Um, the second were to the gods, I'm not even going to pronounce these correctly, but basically it was to a, to the gods for good harvest and for peace, and thirdly, to the, be drunk to the king himself. If I remember off the top of my head, the the oaths of the Krill siblings, the first was to was to continue... Come for the enemies? Well, the first one was uh, Orash, and Will, you just said it and I just blanked on it. What was the first oath?
3: No, um, as actually Justin said, and that was to understand. No, she was last. Okay, yeah, yeah. so what was so the first was one? The first, the so first one was uh, Ziru, Ziru and that was for vengeance. Oh, vengeance. Okay, so Tao.
0: victory and power, and then the second, then one, the second was one was to return um, and Sifluna. have was to have have children or you know have a good harvest
2: because actually, to be fertile. I even the the
3: terms about that. were to. And then to um, birth
2: her children from the remains of the helium drinkers. Oh, right? kind of like, kind yeah, of like sowing seeds, exactly. 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 You know, so you destroy still and, your enemies conquered, and you All would have people. peace because
0: you wouldn't have any enemies left. And then the third was uh, Orash, in which she said that she would remember her father and under yeah, and understand the zigzaggy, which is the third toast is to be drunk to the king himself. So, <laughs> the Osmian king you're making toasts to the Osmian king via a, a blood oath and there's three aspects of it and then these three aspects lead them to Yule which Yule is the the tradition it's a it's a you know pagan whatever you want to call it it you know it's christmas guys it's just it leads to christmas just call it that and I uh, don't do that. Oh, well, yeah, probably just pissed You're off on a lot of people,
1: but oh, it's, are we doing Rudolph floor? Is that a thing? Do
0: you really want to do that? I could probably, I could probably BS my way through this if I really had to, but no, <laughs> no I
1: have no doubt.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it was just, a, it was a, it was a really interesting connection between that. And then of course you have Er, which is a, a giant city in. um, Ancient Times, you have Akka, which is another big city. Zol was actually the only one that I couldn't find a connection to just because I I had nothing. Like I said, I spent like hours looking for Zol and I could not, could not find anything. And then Ear was a really fun one. Ear is actually a Norse goddess that is attributed to medicine, which is interesting because in the Grimoire, you remember that, that big ogre with spider legs that we all love because of challenge mode? Who, you remember Do you know who was actually somewhat
2: responsible for the creation of
0: that ogre?
2: It was Ear. Yeah, it's Iron. I know uh, it's not Yul, but it's either Iron Zol or Iron and Ur. Yeah. I think it's Iron Zol. I think
0: yeah. And Zol. But so the Norse goddess of medicine and did a medical experiment on an ogre. Oh Have, my have fun! <laughs> wow.
2: Oh, the spin foil.
1: This is a rabbit hole of yeah.
0: We're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna
1: stop yeah, going gonna
0: down
2: need. this. Let's, let's just embrace it. I think
1: it's Ahamkara.
2: Yeah, mm. like oh. I, I I have to go ahead and say this spoiler at some point down the line when we do get to the spin metal theory at the end. I need to talk Netherverse and just say like a whole bunch of stuff about how the Ahamkara potentially control people's minds. I don't know. Oh,
0: like that, that so I have weird. I have a bit to say on that as well
3: well of course they do i mean you could tell that from the hunter card we just did oh no but more um, more specifically like how
2: and why and why they're capable of doing it from beyond death yep but, but also, we also totally stick on stick to topic. right Sorry, well I'm, try, I'm, try I'm, to go back yeah. to
0: um another side note from the chat the flying creatures on venus they are not dragons they are actually bad <laughs> Bat batadactyls, and that is actually from the I think it was the developers that were on the ride along. Basically, the story behind them was that it was a mesh-up of a bat and a pterodactyl that was used to create an atmosphere for the the planet Sandbox. And they could not come to an agreement on what to call them before the game went live, so they just mashed the two names together, and we have batadactyls.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, can I just say, Bungie? is epic at naming things, and this one, not so much. This one, I think they swung and missed.
0: <laughs> well, they swung and they, they
1: just... Oh, my gosh. They hit something.
0: I don't
2: know whether it was... Oh,
0: my God. It just, I love the story behind if them. If you look
3: at them, you would think they're dragons.
0: Right, and there's know. actually there's actually two variations, I guess. There's there's two types. I, I have no idea. I, this is one of the things that I actually... Didn't notice about Venus, so I, I don't pay attention. I'm I'm bad at looking in the sky. Apparently, I'm eaten by a dragon. But um, <laughs> that being that being Honestly. said, let's let's try to get into the interactions with the.
1: But at least you'll know his ties to Christmas when he eats you.
0: Yes, exactly. I, I will. I wish you all a merry. Okay, yeah. we're going to move on to interactions. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay, so interactions for the Ankara. We know from the books of sorrow that they are, they have smug freedom, and this really pisses off the Hive, which actually kind of gives them a, you know, a thumbs up in my book. But they, it's also really heavily implied on. I think it's called the calcified fragment forty-five. I can't remember what that one. Is. I have so to I'd really shut them all where, in cells. Where it's uh, Zevu wrath, right? And it's it's implied that they Man. share
3: gods yeah. with the hive. Yeah, it says exactly. The dragons, our gods should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. I'd shut them all in cells. Bring them to me. Which, mm-hmm. you know, that Zevu, she's pissed, and. um She, at this point, does take the actual name of God of War. And it says, pretty much, long story short, they don't want to kill him. Which is the most interesting thing to me out of that that whole statement there. Is, I'll shut them all in cells, but I'm not going to kill them. Up until that point, the Hive have been known to exterminate. Not just, you know... Kill people, but exterminate your whole species. But for these dragons, they'll just shut them in cells. Now, here's the
2: thing, though, dude. With that, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have a contempt that drives them towards somewhat killing them. Because if you remember the line from this is this is very much mixing two very odd things, but go back to that one line from the Dark Blade where you know the ghost. questions why Oryx has a prison and Eris is like, prison, he doesn't have a prison. He renders his victims down into chitin for his ships. Look back then to a grimoire card that's a few verses earlier in the Books of Sorrow, where it's verse 411, the Dreadnought, and it says, to make his ship, Oryx skimshored one piece of Aka who was dead but far from gone. And it's literally a case of saying, you know, the Dreadnought is made out of the bones an Ahamkara, practically, you know, there's a certain point at which you can say, like, wow, okay, there is genuine contempt for these individuals. And it doesn't say, yeah, that they're going to kill them. But it's definitely not a case of saying that they don't want to harm them. It, you know, there is this serious air of spite that goes beyond just saying, you know, you stole our gods, give them back. I don't know, maybe that's me going way, way foil there, but that's... No, no, that's... No,
0: <laughs> I think, it, <laughs> but I think it's man. yeah. I think the other fun fact about that is that so we know that the hive are obsessed with um, furthering the control of the worms. I think it's interesting that instead of trying to bring the Ahamkara to under control of the worm, they're like, nope, we're just going to put them in a cell to do whatever. But they, it's it's like everything else. It's kind of I think that, it, and it could just be that they've gotten to the you know I think there's a mention at this part in the books of Sara that they've gotten to a point that destroying false life is just uh, not even a second thought. It's just a process Mm -hmm. that they go through. But it was just, to me, it was kind of interesting, too, because they had just, like, well, I read the Books of Sorrow in one go, so I admit that I'm kind of insane about it. But to me, it was like, we just got done talking about the, the crusade on Fundament, in which you're, like, trying to get everyone to be, you know, a host for these things. Which, actually, I just had a really... Anyways, but... I'm like, so why all of a sudden are we just now eradicating? But I guess technically, chronologically, it is pretty far down the road. So, hmm. But have we talked about Dragon Wishes? Because anyone, 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 they want to summon the Dragon, dragon
3: Ball? Ball? <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about the ones from the Harmony? Yeah, the or Harmony. Uh,
0: oh, come on. You had to okay. you know we had to bring up Dragon Ball Z with
3: Dragon Wishes. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. It does say... uh, Oh, no. It's not on this card? I could have sworn it was. It's uh, the Gift Mass.
0: Is where the The Dragon Wishes and
2: the Wishful Bishops, I I believe?
3: I've got it.
2: I've got it. Yes, it does. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Sorry.
1: Oh, no, no. You
0: no,
2: can. you read it better.
1: No, Bif. By, by all means. Yeah, I means. think you should read one, Bife. I think this okay. would be a growing experience for all of us.
2: Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so, the gift mast. It towers above this star system like a monument to treason. It beams with silver light. It sings a radio lullaby made of soothing lies. In its light live the harmony. And they are now our prey. Now arrives Zivorath at the head of her armada. She fights the Harmony for fifty years with strategies and discipline, but the Harmony turned to dragon wishes, and their wishful bishops wrestle Zivorath in the Ascendant Plane. Zivorath falls into deadlock. Next arrives Savathun, flanked by her chorus and her celebrants. They trick their way onto Anna Harmony in disguises so that they might vivisect these dragons. Our worm god laughs and laughs. For a hundred years, Savavan keeps the secret covens among the Harmony. I don't know if there's any more on the guys there. I don't. On the Ahamkara? No, it, not Yeah, at that, point, yeah, it, at that it's, point, it's just like Oryx comes along and he's like, yo, uh,
0: <laughs> you all screwed bedtime. up and I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> what is this mess that you made? Pick up your, pick up your toys. Well, I think it is
3: important <laughs> to note that um, they do say that Zevu Arath kills the wishful bishops. And Sabathun achieves some secret purpose, which we don't know what the hell that secret purpose is as of yet, but plenty of people have their theories, of course
1: hmm. <laughs> yeah this uh this card i mean there's no there's no direct link to tell us it's it's a hundred percent an ahamkara, but it's just too many coincidences there I feel like a detective. I don't believe in that many coincidences, you know? This is the thing, right? Yeah,
2: It's we're, just we're, it, it's it's a game. Insane. So, like, in the first instance, you've got to remember that sometimes coincidences don't exist when there's a writer deliberately leaving you clues for this, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you take a look at sort of the origin stories behind The Traveler and how it links into cosmic air creation myths and all these other really interesting references to it. At a certain point, if you delve deep enough into that lore, you have to say that... The threads cross so many different times that you abandon the idea that it's a coincidence altogether, and every single thread is deliberately placed from that point onwards. And it's very much, in my mind at least, the same thing with these kind of cards here, you know? So it, it's something that I always keep in mind when looking at lore. The writers are very much keeping in mind not only we're we making a story, but we're also making a story because we're going to have people who are going to look in through this stuff, and they want to find it. So we are leaving them clues. This is a paper trail it's it's not someone who's trying to cover their tracks at all so always assume in some of these cases that there's like you know a logical conclusion to this which, which you know maybe it's the case that all these crossing threads they do actually mean yeah this is this is the most likely implication and you're correct it's not just a coincidence that, that's at least my theory on it i agree
0: <laughs> I'm 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 sorry. I'm getting distracted by chat. They've given Bife a new nickname.
1: That Uh-oh. was yeah. That was as well, it's <laughs> been put to me ever.
0: But you, you, are, know, now, you I are now I you are now look once again back
3: make? to uh, I check the stel- cells. Right. Yeah. And and you look to where Ziva Rath, you know, cuz we know this card was written by her. And she says, "Orcs, I will mm-hmm. have the guest gift mass to feast on. I will have it first. I am Zivu Arath, and all war is my temple. Beware the daughters of orcs, for they make and unmake with ease. And then she goes to Savathun and says, The deceitful sister will be distracted by Arcana and the Song of the Black Hole. Treat her broods with contempt. And it, it just seems like she's like, Okay, I, I love my siblings, but at the same time, if I can murder them, I will. Let's look out for this, and let's look out for this, and
0: see what happens. Does anyone else read Savathun jumping into the black hole as a temper tantrum?
2: I it just, read it as kind of that.
0: She, I, I can't help but read it like, you know what? I'm taking, I'm getting my ball, and I'm going home. I just, <laughs> like, I just can't. Every time I read it, I'm like, that's totally really <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
2: What's <laughs> uh, kind of terrifying about it, though? Right? Yeah, like, no, it is. I we mean, kill Orx, and we're like, yeah, we Taken King, and it's like his siblings are still out there somewhere. <laughs> but we killed a Taken King; that's good, right? And in the meantime, it's like there's a vacant Hive throne, two potential people that could come in and join that. We don't know who Chris is. We don't know whether the Worm Gods could occupy. We know where Noctis is. Like, we know where no Chris this is. This bad. For all we know, yeah, Toland, in fact, Tolan wants that spot too. It's like. There is a huge gap
1: there, oh, oh problems. problem f- <laughs> i f- i had I have said on numerous occasions that a raid boss could be tolin ascended
3: mm, and it exactly. would be
1: horrifying. <laughs> it would be absolutely
2: horrifying, oh,
3: <laughs> it be absolutely horrifying.
2: Oh, you know really it even says Toland. at the end of the um the king's Fall grimoire card so this is <laughs> so this is totally a tangent by this point, but it says that the uh I think it's the Oryx... Defeated, or i can't remember the exact naming of it but in both of those grimoire cards you literally have um this amazing line from toland where he essentially says you know you're about to kill a god if there's a vacancy please do let me know and then after you kill him he basically (laughs) says what are you doing there's a vacancy (laughs) it's like let's here it is um yeah so he says you know uh it is Oryx himself in the heart of the Dreadnought that armors and encapsulates his throne world that you must make your last and surest argument to. Good luck, do let me know if a vacancy opens, and in the next card where it says Oryx defeated, he says, alright, enough, enough, a vacancy has opened, hasn't it? It's, it's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you want to be the god of the hive, you, you dirty, dirty, corrupted warlock, but I kind of want to <laughs> That that's the greatest piece of lore for me. Oh God, it's so good.
1: Yeah, I think Toland lore is going to go on some interesting places going forward. Oh,
3: absolutely. Oh. Um, Toland, you know, being in the ascendant plane for the Hive, which we know being the race that embraces the darkness the most so far, it seems like oh. Tolan is going to be a big player, um, you know, going forward. And I think it's going to be the same thing too, though, for like, I don't think a beer's is dead, but that's another story for another time.
0: Let's talk about the worm gods. Mm, let's. So physical description, we don't have, a, well, we kind of have more, it's really weird. We have more than we have for the Ahankara, but we have less. It's a really weird juxtaposition. We have so much, like, artifacts and armor pieces and grimoire references to the Ahamkara, but we actually have a direct quote that kind of gives us the description of what at least
2: one of the Worm Gods, Yule, looks like. It's, it's like descriptively much less, but in terms of its pure quantity, it's more. That's yeah. So frustrating.
0: Ugh. And so the way, and this is like, this is really, really early on, actually, in the books of sorrow. It's the, the bargain, which is the ninth calcified fragment. It's just, they're described as having a vast displacement with great and coiling length and folded jaws, which I'll get to in just a second, along with curled wings. Which I'll also get to. Um, first off, folded jaws makes no sense because I have tried. I spent like two days trying to picture what this thing meant, and we kind of, kind of all agreed in the chat that it's basically. I'm going to butcher this word, but it's the pharyngeal jaw in the sense of a scale worm, which is a parasitic worm, and it looks absolutely terrifying. Um, just, just search scale worm jaw and it it looks like a dune worm from dune the sandworms and it looks like you took one of those and you mashed it up with the space slugs from star wars and, it's, and
2: like Beetlejuice. It's
0: yeah it it oh <laughs> uh, no split uh split jaws bell just asked split jaws. split jaws is more like the Singhili from um yes there bife just threw it. yes <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's terrifying but so, but here's the problem is, so like with that, with that image, I can't, I cannot picture that head on a dragon, not, not a Western dragon. Oh, maybe wait, an Eastern wait. dragon or an Eastern Blue. variation. We're not, are we going to, okay, wait, before I let Justin go crazy on this one, curled wings, um, curled wings is actually a insectoid. I don't think it's just insectoids, but it's predominantly an insectoid mutation on most. I think they're fruit flies. I want to say, but it's yeah. literally where the wing. It's like most time, you know, wings on insects are flat. There's actually a mutation that cur- literally. It. I mean, it's it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It curls the wing. They can still fly, but they're not. It's not as productive flight as they usually can, and it looks really weird. Um, I'll throw a up in the chat, not that that'll help anybody on the podcast, but <laughs> it uh, it's uh, it's an interesting. That's the
1: no. Uh, when I hear the term "curled wings," I think they're underdeveloped from being in the deep,
0: right? That's... And I th- and think that's where we've you know kind of had the. Co- the only reason I found that image was I literally Googled "curled wings," and that's actually the first thing that popped up. Oh, I was like, Well, yeah, that actually kind of makes sense because, like, if it was underdeveloped, wouldn't you be more like withered?
3: Well, it seems more it. like to me that, like, this is where Yule is trying to say, hey, I'm a badass. You know, it says, I am Yule, the honest worm. Behold my passage. Behold my vast place displacement. My ponderous strength. My great and coiling length. My folded jaws and curled wings. Behold a hiving city symbiotic with my flesh. I am Fusen orash i am the beginning and end of lives behold ear and zol and ur and akka, the virtuous worms look upon us and know that we are good slash god is pretty much what they were telling them is they're gods Mm. which you know you you look at that and you're like holy crap dude um um i just wanted to
1: uh break in real quick and he calls himself fecund um, Fecundity yep. is actually the p- reproductive rate of an organism or population m- measured in the number of eggs or a seed set um, so that kind of ties in with him saying his flesh is like infested with his symbiotic well he says cities civilizations. he says yeah. cities are
0: growing on him And are embedded inside of him. And that's
1: terrifying in and of itself, but... Because, you know, it wasn't scary enough.
2: (laughs) You know, size is one thing you then have to consider. And you sort of think to yourself, huh.
0: Well, and I guess, but I mean, and here's the the other fun part that I keep struggling with is... So, Orash and her her sisters at this point, um, we know are called the Krill is that indicative of their physical size or is that just, you know, the timid truth and, you know, there's the giant argument there too. I mean, if you think about it, Krill, I mean, think about a Krill, it's itty bitty. And so to them, a human would be immense. But, you know, it's it's all a matter of perspective. I mean, it's the same argument about, you know, they only live 10 years. Yeah, well, what what is 10 years? Is 10 years to them, 10 years in Earth years? Like, what what? And so there's there's that argument too, so and, and I kind of struggle with that because in, and we keep we keep kind of nodding to this too is we have armor from the ahamkara and Ahamkara, we're always you know oh these are big dragons, but then we have armor like the skull, which I almost want to argue the skull is actually different pieces of a skull, not actually just a full skull, because if you actually look at it with you it, it, it doesn't like I don't understand it. If that if that was an actual skull, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand where the jawbone is. Like I, I see, I, I see I a jawbone. You know,
2: it's it like that's the thing for me. When it says folded jaws and whatnot, I do sort of go with that kind of split jaw interpretation that Bell was talking about earlier in the chat. For me, it's definitely the case that it's been reworked and totally misshapen so that it can be a helmet. Because you right. know, apparently, warlocks love to decimate arachnara heads for some reason. Point is, it's definitely, if you just look at the straight up biology, I don't think those jaws were split unnaturally. I feel as though it's definitely the case that on their underside, you don't have a connection on their jaw. So, you know, that does still sort of fit with even just the image that you bring up of the kind of uh, the hydrothermal worm. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, if you take a look at one of the images that you linked, you know, there is a separation down the very center of the jaw. So, if you can just imagine that for a second as a dragon, it doesn't necessarily have to be kind of uh, sort of a mutually exclusive thing in one's imagination, and you know that's obviously that's me going going out and saying, "Hey, push the spin boil, uh spin foil boat out a little bit more." but you know like this this is the thing about describing any of this nonsense we We literally don't have images like in all of this, we have to interpret so i I think they are like they yeah. surely have jaws like that. That's, that's and, something I think, at least.
1: I don't know. Right. The thing that strikes me is, if you look at the teeth on the skull of Daira Hamkara, there's a fang in the front, like an incisor mm. of some sort. And then there's like four molars, like almost like there's a, it's a herbivore, an omnivore. Like those are not dragon teeth. And the... I mean the idea that you could take a dragon's skull bones and make a perfect warlock helmet out of it is a little bit ridiculous. I think these are pieces of the the dragon's bones of his skull that have been pieced together on a warlock helm so that a warlock could wear it. I think it's probably the parietal bone and mm-hmm. then two of the, you know, two of the jaw bones. Well, on the but sides.
0: but in so going back to the folded jaw concept of being a uh, -- I just want to blank on my term a pharyngeal jaw. if you look okay, so I just, I just posted a, a picture, a really close-up picture of the skull in chat. But if you look at that particular picture, right, the, the, where that vi, where, you, where the visor is on the dire Ahamkara skull? that would be where, if that was a pharyngeal jaw, that would be where that jaw would be. So you could make an argument that that's actually not a restructured skull. That is actually the skull. And the the pharyngeal jaw is actually just not present. If you're going to go with the Amkara <laughs> mm. are the same as the worms, right? Because, I mean, if you look at the the scale worm picture... Mm-hmm.
3: It doesn't yeah, look like too
2: dissimilar, you're right. I
3: see yeah. it. And, um... At the same time, you look at it, and it does look a lot like a typical warlock helmet, just made out of skulls—a mm-hmm. skull. But yeah, I uh, I definitely see that that mm. that is actually this the, is the skull thing, right? of the Dire Ahamgara. I I think that it's not and there's a
2: reason for that which is if you go ahead and take a look at the young Ahamkara's spine you can see that it's got the kind of upper jaw of what is evidently a much younger Ahamkara on it and that thing you know it also has the jaws underneath which the bottom jaw is separated the top jaw though it looks kind of different like I'm going to try and find an image of that that's kind of not the one exotic like square icon Basically, with that, you see something which, you know, it doesn't just have molars and whatnot. It's very clear that on the Warlock one, it's been, like, sanded down because, I mean, it's a helmet or something. But on the Hunter arm piece, you know, you see actual teeth. You see a nasty-looking jaw there. And even though it's young, you can see some sort of interesting traits there that it's not necessarily the... I cannot remember the term for that jaw. You are using crazy vernacular there to describe this stuff blue, but... The it, pharyngeal? It ne- yeah, yeah, the pharyngeal jaw. It may not necessarily be the same thing. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. no, I see it. Yep. And again, that's the thing because we don't know how these things develop over time or anything like that. So the difference between a young and a hamkara is... who knows? But at the very least, there's that one unifying piece of biology, Is you can see the the two jaws on the underside, both on the arm and... Uh, the headpiece that you get as a warlock. Right. So I, I mean, that's, that's one thing that you take just by looking directly at it, but at the same time, again, we don't know how these things develop. So, I don't know. All spinfoil. Yay.
0: Well, yeah. nope, go for it, go for it.
1: No, I was going to say, we're working on a disclaimer that's built out of the uh, atheon times conflict,
0: approaches. oh God, yeah,
1: we to are understand to understand well the the card says to understand atheon is to accept certain limitations, <laughs> mm. and these limitations are that we don 't even know the terms it's,
0: the quote is we are ill equipped to understand an entity there that you. defies simple causality. Let us mm-hmm. accept these limitations and proceed, and proceed
1: <laughs> and replace atheon with the word grimoire, and then you 've got our mission statement. <laughs>
2: damn the Long place calls actually pretty much plain logic and english i don't know <laughs> god damn that's, that's what i kind of do despise a little bit about the grimoire i'm like i understand that this is great and the flower language means we get so many great etymological references like we wouldn't know anything about yule and the tide and the whole spinfoil we went down with blues notes earlier but sometimes don't you just wish it was all in plain english <laughs> no
3: so, you know, <laughs> I'm mean, gonna be take, honest. I would take all the. I would
0: take. Out of yeah, it. exactly. There goes you my know, entire like Wednesday that, night. That one of the
3: things <laughs> that I love about the is there's just so much spin foil you can put on it, mm. and you don't know if you're right or wrong, but it's very, very fun mm. for me at least to just. I usually know I'm right, but no, um, just not oh, ever, Lord. not even <laughs> if there's a fire.
0: Well, before before we jump fully into spin metal mode, there is one last point on the biology of the worms that we know. And that is, okay, this is another one that there are, there, it's kind of a division. There are some people who say this isn't worms. There are some people who say it is worms. But the new Ghost Fragment Ocean Storms 2, I read as saying, hey, look, they're worms with bones and scales and teeth and all this stuff there there are some there you know and it, it you can i can see you can read it one way or the other depending on how you read the contextual structure of the card let me actually just go ahead and read it yeah that's ocean ocean uh, ocean Ocean's of storms 2, two. It says last known records from lunar station first light the tunnels were geological in nature or had to be That's what we thought until 12 hours into the second sublunar expedition when we found the bones. A single long ribcage the size of an aircraft fuselage. The living creatures themselves we found 100 meters down. They might have been worms, if worms had scales and teeth and moved more quickly than a man could run. June died first, then Luli. Bad deaths. Deaths not worth thinking about, and so I don't, as I wander these tunnels, lost, waiting to run out of oxygen. Will it hurt, I wonder, that final sleep when it comes, the sleep that isn't sleep? But then everything on the moon is named for what it's not. Have you not noticed? The sea of serenity, oceans of storms, the sea of rains, it's only fitting. In the tunnels, though, we found things that were exactly what they were, and so I named them thus. Mark them well if this recording is found. The circle of bones, the chamber of night. One does not walk amid these dark tunnels and not lose something. Something. They say that to look out upon the ocean is to feel small, but to walk in these caverns is to feel your grasp on reality slipping. There is no returning to what you were before, a believer of science and the fundamental rationality of the universe, not after seeing those worms. But here now, at the bottom, I have found the other side of the nightmare, like waking from a dream only to realize you were still asleep. Perhaps my oxygen is getting low. Yes, I can see it is hypoxia already setting in. The thing before me is like myself, partly alive and partly not. An ossified afterbirth, a pulsating tumor. It lays in a crater of its own making, dark and jagged. So here I'll sit and lay me down. I see a doorway and within the death white egg cases of nightmares yet to come. And glad I am to miss it. I read that as, Hey, we just got eaten by worms and facehuggers are confirmed because I can't help but read the last paragraph or the second to last paragraph as the birthing chamber from an aliens movie.
3: <laughs> so I call this the aliens card. That's what I refer well, to that comes it as. Back down to as well, like the worm gods, you'll just so happen to know where <laughs> the needle ship was, which I think is important. Um, the the gods. That's that's one thing.s We have a half hour left, so we might as well get into spin foil. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. The, so. the gods, to me, it seemed like because of Levi, the Leviathan says somewhere along the lines of, "This is what I want. What the traveler wants." The uh, speaking about fundament, which is where we all know the worm gods thus far have originated, which I'm sure they're originated well, elsewhere. But right,
0: I was about to say that's where we first we first encounter them. I would argue that they weren't originally from fundament.
3: Oh, absolutely not, and I think that's proven through when they found the needle ship, right? Like. Right. The, and it the already had a uh a breeding room. It already had oh. monstrosities throughout it, which you know, you would think about that as ogres, but this is before the hive were the hive, so this was another species to me personally that um Embraced the worms, took their offer, and went ahead and ran with it. And when they realize they're going to lose, for me personally, yeah, it's it seems like okay, this is going to happen. This is where all the light is gathering, so let's go ahead and go here. And so, my personal belief. Is that
0: they the, crash the ship into Fundament to
3: as a last resort. Yeah. Like this, like
0: the sun crusher in star Wars, just throw it in Bespin.
3: Yeah, exactly. You know, um, go ahead and crash it in here. We'll go ahead. We'll gather power here and we will find another suitable species, which so happen to be the Krill people. Which we now know is a hive.
0: I also want to point out that the continents on Fundament, I totally still think, are pieces of the ship.
3: Mm. Are we back on that? Yeah, we totally are back on that. Because you know it's true. It it took some time, but we got there. We got there. Well, it took six episodes. Yeah, you know. (laughs) It's been in my head for a long time, okay? Which, I mean, it very well could be. But you look at the fact that Teo, she was the only one who knew how to build engines. This was so important that she felt like this was a bargaining chip with the, uh, not the Ammonites, but the... um. Yeah, wasn't
2: it the Ammonites? Well, uh, the, it, the Ammonites and then
3: the Acumen. It was the, it was the helium drinkers. Uh-oh. Oh, whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah the, you're talking the about the first cord, picture, yeah, yeah. That's where she felt, you know, she needed to go to.
0: Well, and it's just, I, I mean, we kind of mentioned that in the Books of Sorrow, too. It was just kind of poetically sad. I don't even know what the term would be for it, but it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that she created. She created the Hive, basically, by doing... By saying by making the decision that oh yeah they're not they're not worth they 're not worthy of leading us, she actually created better emperors than she could have ever hoped for for their court, the Osmian court They, d- they not only took over the Osmian court, they took over two percent of the race as a fundament, slaughtered billions and or qu- trillions of people, and yeah, so she made them into the perfect emperor, I guess or dictator depending on. Triumvirate, whatever you want to call them, by by making the decision that they weren't ready to be leaders, she made them
3: into leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Sabathun, (laughs) I feel like we're definitely going to run into her later on because we definitely haven't killed her yet. I feel likewise. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what
1: to
2: say there, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way we're done. I absolutely this, yeah. agree on
3: everything. <laughs> yeah, as long
2: uh, as the osmium our- court has a vacancy all the way up at the top, there's going <clears> to <throat> be someone trying to get in.
3: Yeah, and Bife, that's an interesting comp set. Is the fact that there's a vacancy?
2: I mean, think about we, it, right? Like, exactly. It's it's a case of you have someone all the way up the top who is collecting tribute. And now you all of a sudden have this thing of, well, either it's just a power struggle through the lower ranks below Oryx. And so, you know, maybe there's a very high up ascendant hive, possibly someone who would have been just below the court of Oryx, who was also, you know, somehow managed to avoid the slaughter of the court as well who is then capable of ascending and controlling all these hives. You know, that's why the dark blade is such a problem because yeah. they are one of those individuals that has that power
3: and, well, you know, without any individual, well, to sort of hold this instead, it,
2: you know, status quo changes.
3: He's supposed to be uh Varrock's love interest. Which, yeah. I mean, no, you look it kind of makes you, you feel like, like, all we cool don't even know had who had really the mother spawn time. is for <laughs> Crota. You know, like, Orcs was like, I found a suitable mother, and I made children. And he left her that. He didn't say, mm. oh, her name was this, her name was that. And sure, it could have been Ogris. We can't leave that out because... uh reasons what well, we could have mm, yeah you did it was the mommy <laughs> it's omnical isn't it uh, I knew it see, <laughs> see th- that's the thing is uh, we have no freaking clue who no is right now
1: yeah
0: actually
3: um, I'm
1: I'm interested to don't see, get me
3: started on this one
1: uh, how Bif has come across no in the lore just his impression so, of
2: just the name Really, 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 really dumb idea that partly comes up through the strangest of interactions that I've had with Destiny's uh, t- sort of additional features that you can get for it. In the um, in the soundtrack that you can buy for The Taken King, there's actually a uh, soundtrack near the very end that says uh, something to the effect of two sons. Let me go ahead and just pull that up and get the exact name of it. This got me thinking the minute that I looked at the whole No Chris Grimoire and I was like, Okay, come on, surely it can't be that simple. Oh yeah, no, it says father and sons plural. Not son, sons. And it's notable that Oryx has one son, two daughters as far as we know. Having said that, he also is known to take on foster sons. So the Dark Blade is one example of this. He literally calls him a foster son in the uh, you know, Grimoire card for the Dark Blade. And that makes me wonder, you know, is Nochris something to do with that? Is Nochris some kind of secret son that we didn't really know about, who is just another one of the Fosters that happened to be so high up in the Ascendant chain that maybe they're the next one? And, you know, it makes some sense that they wouldn't have been mentioned because the Foster Sons are a relatively new breed of Hive. So they wouldn't necessarily be mentioned in the Book of Sorrows. You then have to also consider that if they're featured right next to Oryx as they're obviously done on the massive wall prior to killing him in his corporeal form, you know, they're obviously holding some significance, but they're flanking Crota. You know, it, it's not a case where you have that being, you know, some kind of thing where it's a dedication to, uh, God, death singer names are evading me. Um, Crota's two sisters. Why are it? Uh, Eur- uh, Eur- uh, Eur- yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, that is a potential answer. What if it is a second son of Oryx? What if, oh,
0: can I, can I, you want me to piss off a lot of people? Go. Do
2: it. <laughs>
0: Fight. So, Fight. okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to get yelled at so hard about this. Here we go. It's pain. What? No, no, actually even worse. <laughs> well, I can go full. You want me to go full spin metal. I have a random, random theory that Chris is the speaker, but we'll get into that later. But, um, Oh, so, goodness. no, it's not. It's not. It's, it's, it's my paying version of, yeah, that's, that, that's your in <laughs> as a person. Um, but no, like, Speaking one of, which, of the things,
4: f-
3: how, oh, no, how, how, oh, how much do you feel that paying may oh, actually Lord. be a person? Um,
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> um my Give me, a give me at least the one. So you're oh. saying i got a shot. Well, how long is a piece of string? I mean, no, chance is always there, but it's, um, uh, this may be a bit of a short piece of string. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a string. Latch
0: onto that, Willie. There's yeah, a string.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I admit that it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah. But I think Five. by this point, it's so outlandish that it's probably not going to happen. Bife, I don't want to
1: make you feel bad, but I want you to know that you just told Tiny Tim there's...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so basically, yes. I'm Scrooge now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it. Believe. No. Believe. Believe X factor on that thing. And when it turns out that Pian was Saint-14's best friend, you will come back
3: to us and be like, Ha! Ah, <laughs> Sucking! <told> <laughs> <you. laughs> Even no. though one of the so, uh, models, back to of... Uh, oh, Lord. The uh, the destiny lore community has said pretty much he doesn't believe. I still believe paying as a person. There you go.
0: Stand stand firm. Stand firm in your your faith.
2: Mm. That's right. Damn it. Always take an alternative opinion. Like you know, all jokes aside, that's the way that mavericks are the ones that advance society, not the mainstream thinkers. You know. If it wasn't for Galileo and the fact that he was constantly being attacked back in his day and age, we would never have taken note of his theories, and then we'd never know about all the theories that he actually turned out
0: to be correct about. What? We're totally in a Heliocentric universe. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) So, so will Uh-oh. Just (laughs)
2: math-wise. Yes. Um. Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Everything of what you say.
0: Got, there's you a, there's a, Well, if you're dealing with a the multiverse theory, technically speaking, no, so like one of, the, one of the things that we kind of were throwing around um, was the uh, the fact that Nokris is not mentioned anywhere. This is kind of a really interesting thing. The only thing that we have of Nokris is I think the statue off the top of my head. And it's interesting to me yeah. because we know um, the Hive are pretty good about keeping records on everything, including their own embarrassments. So it would be rather telling that they just straight up erased something. And we know for... Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm not even into the fun part yet. <laughs> we know that... Oh, good lord. The chat just... Okay, um, we know that... So take Dregden Yore. We know that a guardian can fall to the darkness, right? <laughs> can a hive come to the light? That I mean, think, I mean, what, what That's would be, what would be question, so, what would be so, is, the question? what would be um, such a travesty that even the hive, which they've documented, you know, their own mistakes and, oh, I killed, you know, it, it, I was stupid, blah, blah, blah. And, um but they don't, they don't mention him at all that we, that we can find. And so. Right.
2: It could be because their entire society is basically one massive worship of the sword logic. What if there's a hive that goes and says, oh, "Screw I think you! You can be free and forget about the entire fight to exist. You can you can do what you want."
0: Right, and we know then, that we know yeah. that orcs played with that idea because in I think it's Warm Food. He mentions that there are other paths. You make your path, you break it, you eat it, and you make your path again. And we know that Sabathun, or I think it was Sabatune, that when she decided to take her ball and go home, she made a comment of, I'm going to go find, there, there might be a different way. Then there's the conversation about um, when he gives Sabathun Coria, you know, she kind of has that, they have that short little conversation about, you know, what, are we on the right, did we do the right thing and all that i mean there's there's been a number of times in the book but i mean even even in the books of sorrow that I mean that to me that just kind of is like okay, so even they document their questioning and granted, if you read the Books of Sorrow as a a theological text for the hive, which basically it is <clears throat> that questioning of faith of their faith would you know ultimately lead to a stronger faith, which is what it does, but i mean so it's telling that he's not even in there. Like not even in the books of sorrow. And we know that there are and and to be clear, there are books of sorrows that we have not seen yet. Um there is I think it's Thorn that mentions the, oh, yeah, the seventh thirteenth, or the thirteenth. Seventh book of or is it seventh or thirteenth? I can't remember. There's
2: it, it, Let me it check it's I actually have my inventory open right now. They have I think it's a, the seventh understand no wait, thirteenth understanding, seventh book of sorrows. Right. I'm pretty sure. Ah, uh, damn it wait wait yeah 13th understanding 7th book of sorrow to rend one's enemies is to see them not as equals but objects hollow of spirit and meaning so there's more definitely more right and so i mean it,
0: it's entirely plausible that we get a book and it's like oh hey these are the adventures of the prodigal son Nocris. you know <laughs> he's coming back yay there's much rejoicing more eversion day celebrations
2: no no chris raid just, oh, yeah, just for a moment. Everyone loves
1: to to flame Bungie for their storytelling in this thing. But really, how genius is this? They have set uh, up a universe where they can do anything at any time, however and whenever they want. My only
0: problem with Bungie on storytelling is the fact that they haven't given me a book to read yet. Mm. Yeah, well, give me, please. One. Because,
1: yes. honestly, <laughs> I mean, honestly. I'll give you that. But I'm just saying they've they've pretty much they've set up a universe where they could literally do whatever they want and, and no one can really argue against it. Mm. Bungie. <laughs> so They're do you awesome.
2: guys, do you guys mind if I jump in with a little weird spin metal that pertains to nether we haven't, we haven't already. Oh yes. Go. But, but also is like, Hey, this is, this is why worm, the Ahamkara can control minds. Because because this is this is the spin metal that I've cooked up for literally months, and at some point I'm just going to do a massive video being like, "Yo, this is my dumb theory. Watch this hour long video and call me an idiot in the comment section. but I can use that as a segue for
0: my really really funny segue <laughs> or my funny spin foil theory of
2: demonic possessions, so go so basically my thought is that we've all we've visited the Hive Netherworlds, right. And we know that at a certain point the Vex basically spilled out into the gate system, uh, from the gate system into, you know, Oryx's world, his throne world. That, you know, it means that it can't just be these purely self-contained universes that the Hive occupy while they're in the Netherverse. The Netherverse has to be something bigger than just that. So with that idea in mind of the Netherverse being this way, way, way larger kind of thing that individuals tap into you then have to ask yourself like okay what are the elements behind this and you then you then can come to this realization that there are two elements to both of the universes that we can just sort of dumb down in our universe it's what i'd call materium dominant and that basically means that physical actions you know they are more often than not the ones that are determining processes so for us it's physics it's chemistry it's biology and those are the things that are determining what happens in our world, the erosion of the sands of time, etc. things that would happen are purely determined by that, and there is a small psychic undercurrent, and that's the kind of thing that guardians, for example, can tap into, and this can manifest itself in the light and the dark in the netherverse that's flipped because you see that in you know the uh, example for of uh, Crota's, uh, oversoul throne, it's literally described as a world created by his own will. And that flips the paradigm from materium dominant to psycho dominant. And you have this world that is no longer mutable in terms of physics, but is psycho mutable. You can literally edit the world as you wish with your own will. And survival there is not a case of physically avoiding harm. It's a case of proving that you're powerful enough to go ahead and will yourself through existence. And that's kind of why I think Not only is Toland still alive, and there's a whole bunch of other things you could relate to this, but also I feel as though the Amkara have possession over us, even when they're just bones, because their presence is made up of such a strong will that they're capable of reaching us from within the uh, Psychoverse, the, you know, Netherverse, basically. And so, again, crazy, crazy theory, but it does explain a few things as to why we're able to, you know relate not just the Ahamkara to the Worm Gods, possibly, because, I mean, then it makes a little more sense. There is a small connection between the Hive there. But also, you take a look at some of the other stuff, and more and more stuff starts to make sense. So, Dredgen in particular, is someone that I, you know... He's, he's one of the things running through my mind constantly. And I'm always... There's always little examples that I could draw on, but for him in particular... Uh, you know, there's this one quote from him when he's in the bar, and I believe this is in Palamon, I hope it's in Palamon, because if it's not, I'll be really sad, and that breaks the continuity of the story, but he says, you know, ever been to Luna? No one's ever been, says someone, and the response is something along the lines of, the bones say otherwise. And with that in mind, you know, it makes you think so, what bones? Is he being influenced by an Ahamkara? If so, you know, maybe they're dead, maybe they're talking from beyond, and it explains one final thing, which is how the hell did Tolan survive Er death singing? It's the case that surely he understands something that he believes to be so pure, the sword logic, right? And he basically sits down and says, If I understand this, I've tapped into the power of the hive, which is the understanding that life is the fight to exist. And simply by knowing that and dying physically in the netherverse, I don't really die because I have attained something which is so psychically potent that I will be able to keep on going. And that, I think, is part of the reason why we have all these grimoire cards of him not only talking to us and Eris about, oh, hey, this vacancy opened up in, you know, Oryx's throne world. Hey, you know, here's, like, all the stuff I know. But also him describing how he is spectacularly dead, how he can navigate the universe of the Hive, work between all their throne worlds. Spin foil at it its finest, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> oh, the
1: quiddity of death.
2: Exactly. Yes. That it's, is. That was really well put. And like there's it. a million different holes you can poke in this, but the more you keep on thinking about it, like, there's, there's more that you could slowly go on and explain. So, it also, there's also an idea that you could relate to this, which is that these universes move in different. and in time differently. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, just look at
0: the. Uh... The Platonic theory of spheres, mm. and, and imagine that as multiple versions, or as Justin loves pointing out, the Ecumen's radial time tra- or t- time. Uh, what what do they call it? I can't. I why am I not re- remembering this one? It's radial cyclic, time. It's yeah, a cyclic c- yeah.
1: time model. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yes.
1: That's. I mean. I mean
2: yeah. Think about it. Right. Like an easier way, I guess, to explain some of this to the chat. And this is how I thought of it initially as a potential theory is. Imagine that you're holding your hand out just flat. Your you know, I guess your entire arm out flat. That's like a vertical line that describes time as it normally flows, right? But then imagine that there's a wiggly line constantly going from peak to trough above and below your arm, right? And imagine that that wiggly line is the flow of time within the netherverse. That all of a sudden explains why time can be different and why the Vex can exploit that for time travel. And if this is connected and true, we know that they do, because they've been let in. You know, a cut was made by um, Crota in Oryx's own netherworld, and the Vex spilled out. Well, you know, who's to right. say that he didn't break the boundaries between one netherverse and another part of it, and then active accidentally goes and like tampers with the stream that the Vex are traveling through.
0: Yeah, and I mean, That's, you apply well, it to right. Well, no, but I mean, but apply it to the Platonic music of the spheres, the harmony of spheres. Right. Mm. You know, there there is a literal. It's 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 very mathematical, but it's basically you incorporate a metaphysical principle. That there are different tones of energy, which, you know, manifest in a number of different manners or different ways. And they all, when combined into the cosmos, they create a, you know, a harmony, which, you know, most people will call the harmony of spheres. Some people call it the symphony. But it's, it's a very big thing. And you apply that to a temporal model. And that's exactly what you're, what, you know, the ecumen and what you guys are, what you're talking about is it's that radial movement of stuff like, Everything is working in perfect order, and then you punch a hole in one wall, and all of a sudden, you're, it, falls apart. It, it, it not necessarily falls apart, but it, it allows a collapse of one sphere maybe into another sphere, uh, and it's yeah, yeah. and so you have a a hybrid sphere, I guess. I don't know. You could even, I mean, it could collapse the whole thing technically. I would, I would hazard that that is a threat, but. If you punch too many holes in the wall, but,
2: yeah. you know, Crota's really I mean, good at that. I mean, think about it, right? The reason why we have to stop uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. brothers in the end from destroying the, uh, the power core of the Dreadnought is because the Dreadnought is a paradox. It's, a, right. it's literally ripped from it, – it's Oryx's throne world. His ascendant realm literally ripped into a physical space. That It's something that just should not exist, and yet it does.
0: And just so, for, just for the record,
2: that's Eversion Day,
0: which has we've we've talked to Mike from Planet Destiny. We have decided that that's March fifth, and everyone needs to wear their underwear on the outside of their clothes because it's backward, yes. it's inside out. So but, just just so uh,
1: police hassle you wear Superman underwear. Tell them exactly, bye
0: bye. exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the things that our chat come up with when we're bored. But no I mean, and, and like i never I never even thought about the heart, the music of spheres to be applied to a temporal model, but that would actually make a lot of sense in a radial design, like a rotational design, and actually it would make perfect sense in the way of a multiverse theory, which we kind of have pointed we were talking about that right now about when we're talking war minds. And so we're talking a little bit about time travel with regards to the exo stranger, but the, uh, the concept of the music of spheres is that everything is in perfect harmony. And so in, in, in a multiverse model, you would have to have everything in harmony. And in order to breach the, whatever the wall between each universe, you would have to be able to do it in a way that wouldn't puncture. Of course, this is also all assuming that we're not simulations in some giant Vex mind.
1: but... <laughs> oh, wow. I like that one.
2: This this is the thing about it, right? Like, I, when I first thought up, like, what if this is the case? I, I thought to myself, nah, surely not. But the crazy thing is that it starts to explain even more little kind of tidbits and things, and the Ahamkara and the way that they can manifest beyond death is just one of the smaller things to it, and this is why... I don't want to say it's true because this is, this is so outlandishly foily that it's like, there's undoubtedly elements to this that are, if not wrong, then completely inaccurate. But also, you know, it explains things like why at the very end of the Crota, Son of Oryx Grimoire card, it says, as such, we do not understand the relation between, you know, the Vexgate system and the Hive Netherworlds. It explains all sorts of stuff like, why Cabal Scions literally are described as ghosts as, you know, throwing their minds around like hammers. There's all this stuff where whenever it basically refers to some kind of powerful entity within the world of destiny, you can link it in some small way back to, well, how are they impacting the netherverse? What do they do to the psycho mutable spheres? Mm-hmm. You
0: know? No. And, you yeah, know, it's, that, yeah. that's,
2: again, 100% well, spinfoil here.
0: And we know but, that the Amakara were guilty of the slip it. Hang on. I'll get it. I'll get it. Solipsistic flatteries which if you know anything about that which most people probably don't solipsism is the view or theory that the self is all that can be known to exist and it's literal and this kind of ties into something that i'll kind of go into really quickly it's literally the most egocentrical paradigm at all like literally you're saying that the only thing that you can prove to exist is yourself because that's the only thing that you can experientially say is actually there
2: it's it's like everything else basically. Yeah. Ego Exactly. Is that?
0: Uh, it's, it's a
2: long time. since I've Yeah. Done it's
0: it's off. basically a uh, kind of a think of think of the popular. Okay. So there's you know the infamous Schrodinger cat. Right. Mm-hmm. You if mm-hmm. the cat if you put the cat in the box. I mean just just on a basic philosophical level. If you put the cat in the box and you close the box. <clears throat> All the thi- all the philosoph- philosophical theory says is that you cannot, when you are looking at a closed box, you cannot, in your experience, tell me if that cat is alive or dead. Mm-hmm. You can tell me what it was when you put it in the box and what you think it is, but you cannot tell me if the cat is alive or dead without observing it. Oh, yeah and in order to observe it you are casting your perception on that and therefore you are you are having a biased biased view of the, the paradigm now the interesting thing is the amakara the ahamakara it, and this is actually demo demo pointed this out and it kind of was a giant light bulb on my brain <laughs> view the ahamkara as Metastopheles from faust they they're 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 doing faustian deals with everybody that's what they are they are they are a a version of Metasopheles in destiny and the interesting thing is and i I would almost say one of the arguments for why the great hunt was instituted not only was the price too high but and i chat's going to love me for this. <laughs> who else was kicked out of the tower for promoting an egocentric view of the world well. Let's see, mm-hmm. Osiris. Who? There we pres- go. Yep, I, I I told him they were it was going to come, <laughs> but the, the Osiris one of Osiris's biggest crimes was the fact that he was like, hey, you know what, Guardians, you don't have to do this. You don't have to protect the city if you don't want to. You can research the darkness, Toland. You can go after the vault, Kabir. You can you know you can do whatever you want because that's what you can do. That's what the Ahamkara are doing. They're saying, and I I almost, I kind of make an argument that the reason why is because one of the theories is the Ahamkara's price for what they gave was light. They wanted our light. Well, if you look back, I think it was the Hunter episode, we kind of got into this. If you look back at the source of a a Guardian's light, it ultimately were a conduit for the light that stems from the Traveler. It's not ours. We don't generate light. We are simply a tool through which the traveler uses to defend itself ultimately and at the most basic level. And if you start twisting that though, and so it's it's not yours. I can't trade it away because it's not mine. However, if you convince that person that the light is theirs, all of a sudden it's a lot easier to trade away. Because why 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 does why does the traveler get to tell you what to do with your stuff? You know? Hmm. And I, I mean I I keep I'm going to make the argument, too, that the worms and the hamakara are psychologically, if not necessarily physically uh, linked, because I don't I'm, I'm still on the fence, whether or not they're the same, to be honest. But I know they both promote extremely egocentrical paradigms, whereas the traveler is more of an allocentric paradigm. And so basically to back up, egocentrical is obviously egocentric. It's you are the center an allocentric is the exact opposite it's the other is the center, and we know that the traveler promotes an allocentric because that's what it, it that's the entire purpose of it. I mean, it pulls societies up it, it builds these utopias, and that ultimately will fall but which is a whole another whole nother debate but it's a very yeah, I very ahead, poor man it's blue you can you I can do it, cut um, it. Um, okay. But the argument is that my argument is that the worm parasite is actually akin to a demonic possession in the sense that you have themes of pride, egocentricism, falling darkness. You have a formless one that's calling all sorts of shots. And I mean, at its base, it's a parasitic endosymbiotic relationship, which is if you're going to describe a demonic possession scientifically, that's what it is. It's a non mutual symbiotic relationship.
1: Yeah, it's actually a parasitic conditional right, endosymbiotic relationship right. because it it doesn't follow the normal rules of nature. It's 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 by by nature it's unnatural. Exactly. That's what I'm going to. And,
0: and that's an, an argument we made with, with the books of I Sorrow. Will,
1: I will filibuster Chinese dragons at the end of this. Oh, good lord. <laughs> um it's going to happen. Just
0: hey, just uh Willie, did you want to right. go ahead and sign off real quick?
3: Yeah, um, I'll go ahead and give my shout out. Yeah, go for Fife. it, Thanks for coming on board, dude. Um, dude, amazing. thank you for
2: hosting me. Seriously, dude, I, I, no. I jump at this opportunity whenever I can. Be careful.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've already got I've already got chat asking yeah. me to get you back on to read cards.
2: So <laughs> yeah, I don't know dude, about getting right. back on soon. I need to sleep. Yeah, oh, that's point, true, but.
3: Reading cards and sending You not out of the question. Legend.
0: <laughs> You're a tiger man with a sultry voice. Didn't you know this? Ooh, that's <laughs> right. <Indeed. damn> it. <laughs> it's already been tweeted. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> but, Bife, anyway. thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, amazing to have you in the chat tonight. Of course, Fox Shot, shout out, because that's where I'm at. Dad's a Destiny Fox Shot. Um, started out in Charlie. And uh, just want to say once again, thanks, Spife, for coming on board, talking more with us. We could not thank each
2: other. We've frankly come together. It's been a blast, though. So, dude, don't worry about it. I'm I'm happy to be here.
3: Dude, it's been a blast, though. Like, uh, just everybody. ...speaking their own opinions... ...on what's going on here... ...we'll... ...we'll find out eventually... <laughs> ...what... ...the exact... ...connection is... ...between the Hamkara ...and the Worms... ...Gods are... ...but... ...as for now... ...it's... ...it's, it's just been incredible... ...so... ...thanks for being on here... ...um... And on that, I am going to have a say good night. All right. See you, Willie. Willie.
1: Willie. Thanks, buddy.
3: (laughs) Thank you.
0: And back to demonic possessions. (laughs) Ah, just roll. But another, another really fun note on this is, so if you start looking at the deal that the worms made with the krill, um, there was a really inter- It's a really interesting couple turns of phrase, and one of them is a. Um, one of them is that they are all of a sudden called princes, and they're talking about how they need to view Yule as uh, his body as sacrament, which to me is just interesting to begin with, because they had to dive into the deep, the dark, and they're talking to something who stood before before a formless one to get their power, which, I mean, I'm sorry, they kind of screams a little bit of dark magic there. But, hang on real quick, I'm just... But the other thing is, what's really interesting is, so that that made me start thinking, I was like, okay, well, let's look into this a little bit more, and it's going to get really fun. Because... What happens is the worm gods push a bargain on the krill, which emphasizes the following of the host's nature, which is really interesting because if you think about it, they had, a, they had the ability to say, you know, you need to do this instead of this. But instead, their, their one condition was, hey, be a host and let our, our offspring live inside you with a endosymbiotic relationship, but also follow your nature. Follow your nature, not our nature. Your nature, and the it, it was just a very interesting. And, and to be completely frank, there's not a one to one connection between any of the worms and any of the grimoire, the demonology grimoires that I'm aware of. Which don't ask me. It's a long story, but <laughs> there there are. And of course, as I started doing more digging into these grimoires. There's a really interesting connection with Leviathan and the the fallen seraphim, which in Christian terms, a seraphim is the highest order of angels. It's the same order of angels that you would see Lucifer... Um, Asmodeus, most of the high, what's usually concerned, what's usually called the high demonic princes, yeah. Leviathan is, it is one a, of those. It's
1: a warrior <laughs> class, isn't it?
0: Yes, it's of the Angle. it's the okay. generals of the angelic armors, or armies, and Leviathan is actually mentioned in a couple of different classifications as the prince of the sin of envy, and. He, uh, or even the person who tempts people into heresy and was actually the opposite of St. Peter in the Catholic Church. And that was from the Michaelis classification of demons, which was around 1613. And then in the Binesfield's classification, uh, Leviathan was the prince of the sin of envy, and that was in 1589, so actually it was before the Michaelis. But there is a number of different references to Leviathan, which is an interesting juxtaposition to the Leviathan that we know, because the Leviathan that we know actually tries to prevent them from getting to the worms. So it was just a really interesting tidbit, and you want to talk about a wormhole that keeps going. But I I won't bore people with it. But also, the other thing is, as we kind of mentioned at the beginning of it, of this chat, there's a Vedic connection, and that is to the Ahamkara's name as well as the traveler. Now, it's really, really interesting here because the Vedic philosophy is a philosophy that teaches that when one's mind is in a state of Ahamkara, one is in a state of subjective illusion where the mind has bound the concept of oneself with an external thing. That thing can be a tangible material object or it can be a concept, such as a concept for the fighting of peace, the ego is involved in constructing the illusion, and that was just a really rough wiki search so don 't one hundred percent quote me on that it 's wikipedia 's you know infamous for not being entirely correct but a point that was made by and I kind of mentioned this at the beginning a point that was made on Reddit by a user called Snoop Rocket, and he actually made a really good point was that it could be that the Ahamkara are a re-edification of the Vedic concept of the same name, to selfishly see power and knowledge from an external source driven by hope, vengeance, and despair. And these qualities are of an ego-driven self. He believes that the Ahamkara feed off our egos while being a metaphor for our egos themselves and will exist so long as we leave ourselves unchecked. While he's unsure of the connection between the worms and the Ahamkara, he thinks that the Books of Sorrow is a great parable for the self-destruction that follows when one falls deep into the ego of trap and how we negatively affect those around us when we let this happen. So, that was just a really, really, really interesting connection. And Unisys brings up the excellent point that, and Unisys is pretty infamous for doing a lot of weapon lore over in the destiny lore reddit the item man is amazing at it but a lot of the weapons refer to Hades as well which is very interesting so
2: that's my crazy fun Mm. headache of the week brings us back to those words you know it feeds off someone's ego but look at what the warlock says at the very end of that grimoire card Pride. why did I do that what moved me to such pride you know, it, and it, it's kind yeah. of spot on in that sense.
0: And then yeah. I think Justin's teasing the idea of whether or not he's going to.
1: I'm not teasing. It's, oh, God. Here he goes. It's confirmed. It's, you know what? You know what? Five, <laughs> here we go. You know what? When, Let's back what when. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you good? You good for a sec? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm
2: good. I'm good. Let's do this.
1: Um, You have your nether verse. Back Justin when the has his band first started um it was just like 10 people or so and i think it was just a it was actually just a DOD thing at that point and uh i was like i was you know i was like a deer in the headlights everything i read it was you know i was so new to it all um and i started looking for like real world connections and things so Eventually, when I read the um, Ghost Fragment Vex um, cards about the Ishtar Collective with the 227 copies, I said, man, that's a really specific number. I've got to check into that. That's, there's some numerology thing there at work. I spent an entire week running 227 um, through every type of process I could, I could possibly manage. I don't know how it happened. But somehow I ended up on the number nine and what? I stumbled. And, I, yeah, yeah. And
0: for the record, he's not joking like what? at all. <laughs> Wait,
1: just it gets, Oh, it gets so much better. I, need I to stumbled, continue. <laughs> I stumbled onto the number nine and it didn't help me out at all with my star collective problems. It didn't help me at all, which is what we were chatting about at the time. And uh, cuz i think the first one we ever did was the stranger and it hmm. was all ishtar collective and you know all that stuff and i was like this is not helpful at all but the number 9 is intrinsically linked to dragons and i will i'll jump straight in
2: how if if you don't mind explain the intrinsic link to dragons unless that's exactly oh, what you're
1: about to do he's about to okay, oh i'm being <laughs> go for it, go for it, go for this is no, I'm, awesome. This is uh first of all, this is a personal dream of mine to explain <laughs> my Chinese dragon theory to you. <laughs> for um it. Yeah, so in China, the number nine is revered uh almost you know, almost supernaturally. Um it's the much like our, you know, base ten number system it's the highest single number that can be achieved. And they, they put a lot of symbolism on that. And, uh, it's also really prevalent in Chinese mythology. And specifically it's linked to the Chinese dragon. The Chinese dragons always described in terms of nine different attributes, um, which is really crazy. And it just gets crazier from here. Um, the nine the nine different attributes are hundred it has hundred and seventeen scales, eighty one yang, thirty-six yin, and uh all these numbers are actually multiples of nine. Um okay. nine times nine, <laughs> nine times nine is eighty one, nine times
2: four 13 is 36. Times, yeah, thirteen times nine is one one seven.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh what's one, what 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 number was that? <laughs> One one
2: seven.
1: And here's my. Before I go any farther and just spin foil the, the. Sh- I'm sorry, blue the shit out of this thing. Um,
2: <laughs> um, someone put that on a shirt. Yes. <laughs> oh. So we need a shirt like that, dude. Right. do this need down. a shirt. Let's
1: spin foil the shit out of this thing. Um, Bungie's magic number's been seven up to this point. Why nine? Like, why all of a sudden nine? Nine seems to be a pretty important number in Destiny. So, um, that really struck me. Now, uh, it gets even better. There's actually nine sons of the Dragon King, which that, that whole plot line actually, in, it, it really intrigued me. So, all these little parallels kind of shot me in the direction of the nine actually being comprised of Ahamkara, um and if you actually look at the ghost fragment legends 2 card which is the infamous the contradicting 9 kids. card yeah. yeah um a couple of the descriptions are vaguely and when i say vaguely i mean really vaguely um directed in the the overall direction of it being some sort of beast um and just one second I don't, I didn't think I'd ever get
2: this so, chance. So, for example, <laughs> just, the nine just, are just, just like in shock, yeah, so read like, it, by yeah. So, the I, I'm thinking in particular that you're thinking of um, the nine are ancient Leviathan intelligences from the seas of Europa or the hydrocarbon pits of Titan, for example. Um, Oh gosh, I'm um, which of these is also appropriate. I think the first one survives so the Cis colonies made compact with alien force to ensure their own survival.
0: Oh, kinda of like dragon kind wishes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also
2: it, it's, it's like also a, one
1: that not a lot of people, because 'cause I've believe me, by like lore band's been around since what? Blue. Uh, September. September. This this theory's been thrown around and poo pooed a couple times now. I would never ever do Yeah, I would. <laughs> and uh it's actually gotten to a point to where i 'm not even allowed to post it in general chat. I actually have to pm people i'm like, "So have you seen my dragon theory?" and they'll be like, yeah, "Oh God, I'm run go away <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, The one that everyone overlooks, the one that everyone overlooks, is the nine are a viral language of pure meaning. Does that not speak to the the ahamkara kind of a hallucinogenic or I don't even know if you want to say hallucinogenic but the mm. um, you know the persuasive power that even the bones mm-hmm. have um over the bears i mean sure. that i don't know man this this has been i've got like uh, newspaper clippings on my wall with pieces of yarn going across um <laughs> from wall to wall and this is like it all converges in the center and this is the the complex I mean, that you know,
2: we we joke about that, but legit, that's the reason I bought the blackboard. I was about to say, did my, you not see his
0: blackboard I with Saint the Fourteen
2: for the sake of law? And like <laughs> that was epic. I, I kid you not. Like on one side of it, I'm always planning whatever the new lore episode is, but on the other side, I have a constantly building thing of the Netherverse. Like that is that's the reason I have it because every single time when the theory like this exactly like your one comes up, it's like I think to myself like. I need to add this in. This is another piece to the puzzle. And dude, think about it. Like there's links that you could make back to the hive with the very last of these. The nine are shadows left by the annihilation of a transcendent shape burned into the weft of what was. Think about this, right? Oryx, and by the time he becomes the Taken King, he knows the darkness and its true meaning. And he's obsessed with this idea of the perfect shape. In order to get to the darkness, he has to destroy Akka who is, you know, one of the only other beings that has ever communed with the Deep and has ever really received this knowledge. You know, the Nine of Shadows left by the annihilation of a transcendent shape, burned into the weft of what was. Is some, You know, if we are going to, you know, sort of conflate worm gods and Ahamkara and all this other stuff, then maybe, just maybe that's another hint. I don't know. Full spin foil. <laughs> oh, this is, I, I told you. This, is, this is some of the most beautiful spin foil though. It's a
1: uh, 10.5 like, on 11. the spin scale.
2: This is where this <laughs> lies. 10 10.5 out of PM. <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
0: It's I, a, I'm, it's a I, nine. Oh. It's a nine on the scale. Oh, you get it right.
1: That's true. That's true. No, but that's, that's my piece. I've just said it. I, if I didn't get that out, I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight. So <laughs>
2: dude, it's fascinating. This is why I want more on the freaking nine. Come on. Oh, Ghost Fragment Legends nine two, please! Oh my God, please! Ugh. Just not fair. Ugh. So, uh, Blue, you, does that uh, oh, wrap it up, Blue?
0: Yeah. Do you want to? Well, let's love, let's give our our guests first dibs on. Well, not first dibs, since Willie kind of did that already. But by if I, I assume that most people know where to find you. <laughs> if they don't, uh, they're yeah. just uh, they're they're probably over on ishtarcollective.net.
2: So, well, I mean, YouTube, Twitter. You guys probably know my thing at Inside Destiny on Twitter. Uh, my name is bife on YouTube. I think my real shout out for this episode does have to go to Ishtar Collective, though, because my god, IshtarCollective.net is my favorite site now. Oh, yeah, we. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this right now. Two seconds. Ishtar Collective, <laughs>
0: They're on. They're on Twitter. At
2: the favorites.
0: They're they're on Twitter as well at Ishtar C-O-L-L. They You're just, welcome, Ishtar. Yeah, they just got on Twitter <laughs> a couple weeks ago, I believe. In that just case, like and me. <laughs> yeah, just like <laughs> Justin. Justin got on Ishtar, too. This is literally, oh, God. This is why, yeah. I, need, this is why I need a proper pack of law nerds. You, I freaking love you guys. You, can, you can hang out with us anytime. You'll probably be yeah, the only I person who happen. voluntarily hangs out with us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Don't put yourself up. That's down. That's true. Justin, how about about shout-outs? I see that you're collecting a a novel of them.
1: Yes, I'm known for my lengthy shout-outs. But, hey, I've got a lot of people who deserve a shout-out, so you can't. First of all, DOD, White Crew, um, amazing. Manbag in the chat, as always. Um, And uh, Bell for being an amazing guest host last week. And also Bife for being an amazing guest host this week. Just can't, can't say how much I appreciate you guys coming on and supporting and uh, really making... I, I, I listened to the, to the stream with Bell on from last week just to see what my audio sounded like, and I'm literally laughing my ass off. So um, you guys are amazing.
2: Um, all of our guests wouldn't, so far we would amazing. We wouldn't come on if we didn't think that it was well, well, well worth our time. So seriously, like you guys, you knock it out of the park with these. So congratulate yourself a little more. The pat on the back that you're sending towards us as, you know, guests that come on. Give yourself some more love, man. You guys, every single time that you throw one of these episodes out, I'm 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 sitting here as a law nerd and I'm thinking, this is doing exactly what a law podcast for destiny should do, you know? It's talking about all the stuff that people get into in terms of law. It gives everyone the grounding they need. But then it also sort of challenges those assumptions that people who are more versed in the law make. And that is the exact kind of academic environment that this community is going to thrive on. Like, that's awesome. Seriously like well and that's what makes this yeah, community so, such so cool. yeah and
0: that's what makes this community such a I mean yeah. that's like the Guardian Radio you know you guys did the whole thing with the PlayStation giveaway but I think a lot of the the other thing was it kind of gave a lot of people the incentive to kind of put down their thoughts about why this game is still so popular I mean to, I mean let's just all call a spade a spade the game is not popular because of the game the game is popular because of the community and the way that people treat each other in the community. And, you know, that's that's the thing. Even the more competitive people of the Destiny community are extremely when you get to know them, extremely just mm. genuinely nice. So that's I mean, I I agree. I mean that's that's one of the things, you know, Justin mentioned the, the lore band and it's just it I, I made this comment. We we just actually had to get like I just had to kind of pass off some of the Responsibilities because it's gotten such a big. I think we're at 130, 135 people at the moment. And I'll be honest, when we kind of put this thing together back in September, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll get like 15 people. You yeah, know, we'll just talk, not really think anything of it. And it's like, it's just, it's, and we're getting like, huge. we're getting people left and right still. Mm. And it's just, it's amazing. And like, we're, you know, we're talking right now. I'm talking to someone who's going to help us start archiving our chats to, you know, hopefully, because. We're having a couple of people who really want to get um, information from chats that the uh, history it doesn't go back far enough, and so we're trying to do that. I mean, like there's people are coming out of the out of the woodwork to help us, and it's amazing. Um, you know, we just and then <laughs> we just, we actually just hit 500 listens on Podbean, which to be is just. I know it's not like, it's not a huge number, but for me, it's like, that's beyond any, I'm I'm still amazed that people want to listen to us babble and laugh at each other. I mean, (laughs) we, we get on here and we, our goal and, you know, by if we were kind of talk about this before, our goal is to have a good time. If we're not having a good time, we're going to just move on to a different topic. Like, you know, that's, that's kind of what we do. And (laughs) it's just, it it blows me away how many people are like there. The feedback is very positive, you know. We have um, we have people who are asking. You know, we're we're thinking about doing a kind of a lore one hundred and one podcast slash YouTube thing. When you know, when when we figure out how to do YouTube, we're gonna work on that. But so that's the other thing that we're gonna kind we kind of have in the works. I mean, there's there's at least two other podcasts that people want us to start doing. Um, we We did the Halo episode last month, and like people just pins blew everyone away you won 't tell anybody that, but pins is the lexicon for halo information as far as i 'm concerned but i mean the the response has just been every time it 's just amazing i mean that 's that 's the word that I just keep coming back to so. That's my shout-out is just the people who are putting up with us <laughs> because um, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, and also 500 listens on Podbean. Yeah. I, guys, everyone who listens on Podbean, everyone who listens live, you guys are awesome. And uh, also all the lore band peeps, y'all are y'all are freaking amazing. If If you're in the chat right now and you'd like to get in the lore band, it's not an exclusive club. Anyone can get in. All you have to do is spam the hell out of blue. Yep, um, or just follow the link miserable. that I just put in there. No, no, I, I prefer the first one. Okay, um. that works too.
0: <laughs> so, yep. I mean, that's. I mean, that' really it. I I'm doing terrible at ending podcasts. I'll just be honest. I need to figure
1: out a way to I get better at this I think we should let Bife do the sign off.
0: All right, Bife has a sign off,
2: so he's already ahead of us. The sign off, though, this, yeah. do, do, do do you do you want to do that because. I don't no, know. It, just should, just improvise,
1: improvise a focused fire sign off. <clears throat> I know you got it. Okay. <laughs>
2: hmm. I guess that's, gonna, that's, gonna be, that's that's tough. That that's that's really that's really tough. Well, I mean, or, it's
0: only it's only like what six six thirty in the morning.
2: We'll never play it for anyone. It's okay.
1: <laughs> we'll never. Yeah, we'll never unless play it's it. Epic.
0: Unless unless it's really good, then we're going to record it and we're just going to play it over and over.
2: Okay try this for more adventures with the war band as well as your hosts Blue, Justin and Willie make sure to subscribe to Focus Fire Chat on Podbean and in the meantime the law band marches on